Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Let you take points since this is their normal thing. Oh. What's up, you guys? It's me. Not Sean and, Ross now. And, and me. I mean. It's me and Alex. Guys, this is my first podcast of the week because if you see this little number that's happening here, I got bit by my dog and I had 13 stitches in my face. I'm so excited to get back to doing this. I missed it so much this week. Can't be here with Sean because Sean is in Orlando and was at tonight's rampage. But since I missed Sour Graps on Tuesday, how excited am I to be on with Alex Pulowski? Hey! How are Wait, you doing? You, you, missed, you missed the Mardi Gras celebration, but maybe we'll throw another one on, on Sunday just because it's your Mardi Gras weekend, you know. Here's the thing, guys. If you're not watching on Tuesdays, we're not like in love with the NXT product. So we have arts and crafts. Yeah. Uh to to make it a more entertaining product. But we did have some very cool stuff happening tonight. Please, please, please get in those super chats. Get in those humper chats at humperchats.com because there were some matches that absolutely humped tonight. Um, and please subscribe to Fightful Select. I did my due diligence. I asked Sean, hey, is there anything that you want us to talk about? specifically on Fightful Select, and he said, no, but tell all those cheeky monkeys out there that I have scoops and scoops and scoops galore coming. He didn't say it like that, but that's what I decided he said. So just know there's going to be a lot of scoops coming out of Revolution Weekend. I'm so excited for it. Please leave a thumbs up on this video so that people can find us in the algorithm, and then they can hang out with us too. We are actually going to switch it up a little bit. Both shows had some kind of newsworthy things on, but because it's a pay-per-view weekend, we're going to want to talk about Revolution. We're going to start with SmackDown tonight, um, which opened with a surprising turn of events, in, in my opinion, but a promo from Ricochet um, and then a promo from Sami Zayn in an Intercontinental Championship Well, match. they did all the they did all the promos. They did promos for everything, back to back to back to back of, of all the people. Like Ronda did one and Sonya did one. The Viking Raiders did one. And- Usos, it was like one of those things every now and then, like Bruce gets to do his Saturday night's main event opening, everyone cutting promos to the camera, and, and this is like, you know what, fine, do whatever you want. It reminded me of at WrestleMania when they had the rain delay and they had to do like promo roulette, and I was like, some of these are the best ones that you do, <laughs> but we do kick it off with Sami Zayn and Ricochet. It was reported earlier on Fightful that um, Ricochet is lined up for a huge push. I didn't think it was going to start like this, but here we go. A fantastic match between the two, which was oh, not yeah. surprising. 
Um, some really incredible spots. That like backflip moonsault over the ropes thing is ridiculous. The ending ended up being like a standing hurricane rana on Sammy. Um, so let's let's talk about the match first. I was so excited just to see like a fresh matchup with two talents who I knew were going to work really well together that both deserve a spotlight. I did not think the booking was going to go the way it was, but I thought these two had great chemistry and I always like starting off the show with something that's high energy to get you mm-hmm. hooked. And yeah. I don't know if there's anybody that's more high energy than Ricochet. No. Uh, I mean, Ricochet deserves a push. I, I do think it is kind of telling that the reason he's getting such a push is because they fired everybody else. Like he's the, <laughs> he's the, he's the number two, um, he's the number two baby face on SmackDown. And uh, since he was drafted to SmackDown, he's currently two and three in singles matches. Well, three and three after tonight. So, right. um, so since, since the 5th of November, he's, uh, he, he, he's three and three. And and he's the second babyface on on SmackDown, and didn't have a path until to WrestleMania until he won this match. Um, you know, the number one babyface is Drew McIntyre, and he's mired in some dead end, catatonically boring feud with with Baron Corbin. Like they have no idea how to build people to. So you're like, man, you know who I can't wait to see face Roman Reigns. This guy, they cannot build people to be that in that position. You need those people and you need to believe there's at least a 10 to 15% chance they might beat Roman. Otherwise, it's just academic. Why are we watching? But I'm super excited for Ricochet. He gets great reactions even when he's being booked terribly. So hopefully if he's being booked to win stuff and as the new Intercontinental Champion, those reactions will actually increase. And it may be Vince might start listening to the crowd he says he listens to. That'd be good, too. Well, when the crowd is piped in, you don't really have anyone to listen to. But mm. I'm also True. so excited for Ricochet. He does get reactions wherever he goes. He is someone that had a push previously and they just fell off a cliff with him. So I'm hoping they build him up. And I, I completely agree with you on the fact that they not only have trouble building up anybody these days, but they especially have issues building up faces. They just have absolutely no idea how to do it because they're constantly booking heat. So what you're getting is heels, and most of them don't even feel important. So this was super refreshing to see. We do see Johnny Knoxville come out and distract Sammy. My only issue with that is Sammy's been around the block, you know what I mean? And he has all these conspiracy theories in his head. I wish it was a little more viable that Sami Zayn would be distracted just by the presence of Johnny Knoxville. I, th- like- I think Johnny Knoxville makes him crazy. And I and I I I think they've built that up enough that that's why he would do it. I don't know why Johnny Knoxville would do it now when he could be like, let's wait and then I could become intercontinental champion. Like wouldn't that be a thing that like Johnny Knoxville egomaniac would be like, I'm the intercontinental champion of WWE. Wouldn't he want that? Why wouldn't he want because because if he knows he's going to get Sammy to accept his challenge at WrestleMania or whatever, wouldn't you want that to be for the title if you were Johnny Knoxville, I suppose? Also, why wait until tonight? Why not, if you don't care about being Intercontinental Champion, why not cost Sammy the match versus Shinsuke Nakamura? Like, like I, 
I, I, I feel like I know the reason why they did that, because we'll talk about that later in, in this episode. But, okay, cool. I'm happy Ricochet is the champion. I'm overjoyed that Johnny Knoxville will not be winning the Intercontinental <laughs> title at we WrestleMania. Say, this could turn into a triple threat at any moment, Alex. Oh, but... God, you're right. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I shouldn't have put that out there. I don't want to pull a Joel Pearl, who's one of our fantastic moderators, who throws terrible ideas out there that come true all the time. But uh, I'm, I'm so excited about Ricochet having the belt. I hope this is the path to making it mean something. I kind of don't understand why they didn't do this at WrestleMania, maybe on night one, and then you have Knoxville and Sammy at night two, because you know that's just going to be kind of a throwaway. But yeah, I'm not mad to see people who deserve pushes getting a push and a title shot. So yeah. that makes me very happy. That's good. It, it, it came completely out of left field. It does not make a whole lot of sense. Even when they do something good, it's almost <laughs> inexplicable. It's crazy. We have some love coming in from me, which I appreciate. It was a very, very hard week. We have the Nerd Guru chiming in saying that, Kate, you may have a scratch on you, but I can't imagine what the bear you fought looks like. That is a shoot. That's 100% what happened. Um, The only thing I'll add to that is that it was multiple bears that I fought. So (laughs) just so that you guys know the truth. We had some fun. She was was in a handicap match with with, versus two bears. bears. Yeah. That just makes me think of Anchorman when he's yes. oh, yeah. with Baxter. My goodness. Yes. Um, we got some more love for me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Mark Will saying, take it from someone with a scar, Kate. It just makes you look <laughs> really badass. Thank you so much. I um, I am very lucky for the situation that I was in. It was a really shitty scenario, but it was the, the best case scenario of that shitty scenario. Um, I was in fantastic medical care and I'm I'm so thankful for that because it it messed with me more than I thought it would because it's like every time you look in the mirror, I just looked like I had a baseball running down my face. I just had these stitches. So very thankful to have that a little bit in the rear view. Um, but thank you so much for the love. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, there's just love for Team Calix coming in via Humper Chat too. From Corey Shiplett saying, I promise to send this on Twitter. Even if you have already answered by the time I send this, have you heard of the AEW and Funko possibly going into business? Wow, I had not heard that. Would make for a great line of Funko. Thank you for all that you do, SRS and Fightful. Well, thank you, Corey. I hadn't heard that, but... And we'll touch on the ROH stuff later because my little markety mark heart oh, just lit up. But thinking about like, toy lines and action figures and stuff it's endless possibilities Funko seem I I don't get it like I I'm not a big figure gal myself it saves me a lot of stress in my life I found that I am not um (laughs) but a lot of people are and people collect Funkos the same way that they collect figures so and I know WWE has done them in the past so um I think that it would make sense that they would go there had you heard that Alex I had not heard that that's interesting yeah it's cool though we have another Humber chat coming in from Joseph Snurk saying, Kate is stealing AJ Gray's bear fighting gimmick. Well played. Well played. Wow, I didn't even think that. We had some fun on Tuesday. Um, and just general in my life, I've been asking people to make up like backstories, which has been mm-hmm. really fun. I've been told I fought the New Jersey Devil. If you're a, a hockey fan or aware of New Jersey, yep. you know that the devil has a home in South Jersey. So I guess I was going down there to pick a fight with him. Multiple people have talked 
told me that I fought bears, which is just very funny. Like Ryan at the Mark Warner podcast made up that same backstory. It seems like everybody thinks I fought bears. So. Save the family of sea otters from a rampaging great white shark. <laughs> Our wonderful moderator Louise has changed the as he categorizes everything. It was like Kalex Love, and now there's a category called MD Kate versus Bears because we have Tom Valley sending in a chat saying, "Was it Bronson or Boulder that left the scar, buddy? When you're in when you're in a vicious bear fight, yeah. like I, I wasn't seeing bear faces. You know what I mean? I just saw the yeah. claws coming at me and, and was dodging. So I don't even know who it was, but I just know that I came out victorious, and that's why you haven't seen." bear country on your television in a while so and josh weaver saying the same thing kate versus bear country at revolution book it tk look i'm here now there's time between now and sunday yep. cesaro is a free agent swerve is a free agent Ooh, that's good i'm i'm a free agent you know what i mean so yeah. i appreciate you guys so much and mark losper chiming in saying hey it's kate the kate elizabeth like Dwayne the rock johnson which mm -hmm. i really appreciate yeah it must take some real drive and power to appear in your condition <laughs> well it is about drive and it is about power so mm -hmm. um thank you for recognizing that me and the rock are basically the same we definitely both get up at four in the morning and we actually work out together so yeah i appreciate you <laughs> but going back to smackdown oh we i'm sorry we have a couple of chats coming in about that match uh ricochet's reign is already better than shinsuke's said Braun Wagner. Um, yes, because Shinsuke didn't wrestle in his reign until he lost the belt. Mm -hmm. So do you agree, Alex? Do you think it's good well, when a wrestler it, wrestles when they have the I, belt? I do. Uh, provided that Ricochet defends his title uh, more than once before losing it, um, then he will already have surpassed Shinsuke Nakamura's reign. I mean, I don't want to get like too hot takey, but I think when you have a belt and you defend it ever, that's like probably a good thing. You know what I mean? Sizzling hot. Sizzling, <laughs> Sizzling hot take. Sizzling hot take. Guys, get in those super chats and humper chats because we got nothing for SmackDown. People are so burnt out on this product. One final humper chat from the Sami Zayn and Ricochet situation, though. They could build someone to that point talking about Alex's point earlier of not being able to build anyone it's the problem is that they won't they flat out refuse to and that's yeah. exactly right if right. you're rewriting shows 14 minutes before they go on air that makes it kind of impossible and it just has felt like i think the reason i get so frustrated with it is it feels a disrespectful to the performers because it seems like you just don't care something that was also reported on fightful select is how low the morale has been in wwe so subscribe to five dollars a month um but yeah, it's it's weird because it's like they've had an inability to for a while, right? Like Danielson and Punk were all products of the system. Um, Becky Lynch was held down and she's been one of your biggest stars. There's been some women that broke through that. I think Bianca was kind of treated more appropriately. But overall, it's been of recent a downright refusal to and not just like a broken system. So... Yeah. Should we move along to what I know is going to be Alex's favorite segment of the night? <laughs> Listen, there, there were some bad ones. There were some bad ones. Tell me there's nothing more exciting to you than, I'm sorry, more stupendous to you than Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. 
like this, that that they show they show the clip of of the of the the interview where. Uh, well, I, I, I've been I've been thinking about it. I, what, what if what if we were to offer you a match at, at WrestleMania? It'd be a dream, boss. Like the most ridiculous. Like obviously, Pat McAfee knew that thing was coming at that particular point of the interview. It'd be a dream, boss. Like it just the way it was done was just. Eh. I have no interest. In any that interview was all just uh no, yep. people are tying themselves into knots, finding ways that wasn't the most obviously like put out uh, whatever. Um <laughs> it was I guess it was nice to hear Vince say the F word. How that candid was- of him. But um uh yeah, so everybody was like, Oh, it's gonna be Vince versus Pat McAfee. He's like, I feel like it's not. And then Austin Theory teased that it was gonna be him on Raw. And he walks out, and, and Pat McAfee is, I have no idea who this is. Good to know Pat McAfee watches the product. Guess what? Most of the people in the arena have no idea who this person is either. And and him just coming out and saying, everybody hates you, and Vince Vince suckered you into accepting a match versus me so I could kick your ass. And then he slaps Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee says, I have no idea who that person was. And then, and then he says, oh, the boy toy. Mr. McMahon's little plaything. It's like, so you do know who he is. Um, th- why are we adding more bad matches to WrestleMania? Could we add good matches? Like, I, I mean, what? Who cares about this? Who's who says like, you know, I'm on the fence about buying a ticket for WrestleMania, but now that there's an Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee match, I'm going. Who's who's that? Who's that person? They are full on, especially this year, just selling the experience of WrestleMania. Um, so it's it is frustrating because I don't know. There's still really skilled wrestlers at the old WWE. I would like to see them be used properly. Like I would rather see Ridge Holland versus somebody, and they haven't done a single interesting thing with Ridge Holland. You know what I mean? Like I would rather at least see somebody that is great in the ring go do something. Yeah. Um, so I will say this, I love, and I think Michael Cole deserves it. He has so much fun with Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. There's so many times that guy is trying not to laugh. And to think of all the years he spent with like Jerry Lawler and how yeah. long and boring and terrible that must have been. He just seems like he's having so much fun. And I feel like Michael Cole doesn't get his due. Do I think he's the best announcer in the world? No. Um, but I... I think he's a very solid announcer. I think he's always done what they wanted him to do. Well, um, that that part is true. He yeah. has definitely always done what they wanted him to but do. But like for he's like he's like exactly medium. Like he's he's been a stable force there and that has been a rotating desk. Um and I'm I'm glad that he like has somebody that like he can do his thing and the personality guy can do his thing and he just looks like he's always on the verge of cracking up. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Got a super chat coming in from the nerd guru saying Pat's mania entrance has to include his boys, AJ Hawk and Aaron Rodgers coming into the stadium with a million dollars of pyro. Oh man. Yeah. Um, uh, I really, really loved uh, Pat's work on NXT uh when he was like that whole thing with with adam cole one-on-one match surprised the hell out of me too uh in a war games match and held his own in a what war games match battle frolic uh it's battle frolic now uh but uh uh, but i i thought 
to myself because he was cutting promos. Awesome, off-the-cuff, fire, heel promos. They were really great stuff. And I was like, this guy's got a future in this business. And then they, they put him on the commentary team on SmackDown and had him dance to the guitar gorilla playing Shinsuke Nakamura's theme. And I was like, I have no use for this person anymore. So it's just, it's one of those things like, I, I get why people like him, but I feel like he's he's basically me. You either love him or loathe him. Yeah. And uh, there, I'm sure there are people who are, who are watching this show who hate, hate my guts, and that's fine. I've cultivated that kind of personality. But also, Pat McAfee, you either think everything he does is so entertaining or he just grates on your very soul. And that's me. I'm the second one. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so, I'm so the first one, but I'll it's say fine. this. I think I'm the first one because I'm constantly and desperately looking for something to be entertaining on the show. True. I'm sorry. I know that's yeah. aggressive, but whatever. Yeah. I am one of the people that finds Alex terrible and grading. We got in a fight and that's how I got the scar. <laughs> so. <laughs> but Ryan I, both said... my legs are in casts. She broke both of my legs. <laughs> All I got him was one lucky shot to the mouth and then she broke both my legs that was it and honestly it was because he scraped his boot against my face like it wasn't even a good shot from him no, so that is <laughs> a glancing blow as michael cole would call it <laughs> that's right we have a chat coming in from ryan saying starting with smackdown made me so sour well i'm sorry but i'm not you're, that sorry you're gonna get you're gonna get plenty of of AEW to, to close out the night yeah, we, we wanted to be able to talk. We'll get the bad stuff out. Of, we're saving the best for last. We're gonna save the best for last. No, it's not the best. When you give women two-minute matches and you have entrances later that are 15 minutes, we have no super chats about Naomi and Carmella as well as like the next four segments because there's nothing, there's nothing really memorable for this match except I thought that Sasha Banks doing a Meteora to Zelina into the stairs was really cool. All right. Like you had a champion lose. I don't hate it because it's singles, but I wish I had something to say about this match because I very much like Naomi and I find Carmella funny in the ring, much more entertaining in the ring than I find her on Corey and Carmella, which Team Kalex will be pre previewing or reviewing, yeah. I should yeah. say, uh, on Fightful Select tomorrow. Yes. But um, Alex, please give me a 20 minute analysis of this 14 second match, would you <laughs> please? I won't. I will. I will say uh, that the little uh, pre-tape backstage with Zelina and Carmella were kind of like only a month until the bit, the best night of the year, the my wedding night, says, says <laughs> Carmella. I'm like, really, are we doing that? Oh, that's going to be filmed for an episode of that thing. We're going to have to watch to review it because people want us to review that crap. Um, I, I, I like uh, the idea that they won the titles, defended them a few times against the people that they beat the titles beat for the titles. And now we had to wait until last week for them to create another tag team. And the only two tag teams will be meeting for the titles. Um, uh, it's just, okay, great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Naomi won, but also why are you pinning your champions? So like, they can't do something good without doing something bad. It's impossible. Also, Natalia is shown watching the match from backstage. Like, hmm, I'm watching this. I was like, are, is it going to be, is she going to go and find Beth Phoenix? Is Beth Phoenix going to turn heel because Edge turned heel? And you're going to get the, gla oh. the, the Glamazons or whatever. They're, they're going to they're gonna be a, doom, a, triple, right? a triple threat. Divas yeah. of Doom, that's right. 
Um, and you're going to have a triple threat. We're going to do that. Also, Natalia, you just got your ass kicked by Zia Lee last week. Why are you involved in any way in WrestleMania, but Zia Lee isn't? But Zia Lee also wasn't even mentioned on the show tonight. Good thing they spent all that time building her up before debuting her, before putting her on the shelf, before having her come back, and then she had a match, and then she won the match, and then we never talked about her the next week because, Why would because we're WWE. Well, she's out protecting. Maybe she's in the NXT parking lot trying to protect people from getting mugged. So <laughs> let's go, Alex. Alex sucks. Yeah. <laughs> What we love him or hate him, you feel very strongly about him. Remember, they were saying that about Roman Reigns like three or four years ago. Whether you love him or you hate him, you feel very strongly about him. <laughs> it was mostly hate at the time. I'm just spelling this up because Dante and NYC chiming in with Kate. I heard the scar was from fighting off sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Glad you're good. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Dante. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that backstory. Yeah. Um, what people don't know is that that rumor is true. I did fight sharks, but I fought them after the bears where I got the right. injury. So I did fight sharks and they did have laser beams attached to their head. However, um, I just beat them clean. Like I didn't get injured at all. So beat them clean. In the middle of the ring. The One, two, three. Ocean tank? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Circling back to the Austin Theory storyline. The best Austin Theory storyline would be Austin being the Brutus to, senses, to Vince's Caesar. I miss the egg. I miss the egg at this point. Do you know how sad it is that I miss the egg? The only reason we're getting this Austin Theory match is because it was the panic backup story that they used. Because they were just going to have the egg be something that the 24-7 geeks were chasing around. And they pitched that to the Netflix people and were like, could you do something else besides the the worst, the kayfabe worst people on your roster fighting over it? And they were like, uh, sure. How about it gets stolen and we figure out uh, the next night who, who, who stole it? Yeah, fine, whatever. But the original plan was never to have Austin Theory featured in this role whatsoever. But and they like did it. Accidentally, like it wasn't just that they gave us a kayfabe egg, Alex. It's that they acted like they were giving us the rock. <laughs> like they 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 set up everyone to believe that we were getting the rock at home, mm -hmm. and then in the live experience, they did it even more. Yeah, and then they didn't deliver the rock; they delivered yeah. an egg instead of a rock. <laughs> we have a super chat from Manny Toro uh, saying that watching the interview and watching reactions to the interview, it actually made me hate Vince McMahon even more. It really does. Dead weights, really. I actually yeah. haven't watched the interview oh, yet, but boy. some people said it was really fascinating. So I'll I'll give it a watch. But he, I don't uh, he he did refer to all the people he cut as dead weight. So oh god, yeah, cutting that's... dead weight. That's what he that's what he said. That's not great. No, That's it's it's de it's all. definitely not. Definitely not. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. speaking of not great. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal for some reason. McIntyre tried to stab Corbin with his sword and later and later a dartboard. He just tried to stab he didn't try. He stabbed a dartboard with a sword. Um match was fine. Jinder Mahal actually he looks pretty good. Um, 
but I just have no interest in Corbin and Drew at WrestleMania, and I just have a really hard time believing that Drew McIntyre is so annoyed by jokes and the fact that his sword at one point was in a desk that he needs to fight them for like eight months. Yeah. Um, we did see one good moment in one of the backstages, though, where Drew beats Jinder, and uh, they're making jokes about it at this poker table for whatever reason. Um, Corbin and, and Madcap, and Baron Corbin's face gets like, serious as a heart attack, as JR would say, where he realizes like, oh, shit, like this is, this is getting to be real at WrestleMania. So I did appreciate that, like, they at least got to something that has some sort of emotional buy-in or tension yeah. in some way. Um, but the match was fine. I think we all knew which way this was going to go. I wasn't super surprised. They, of course, didn't reference that Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal had any history whatsoever. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I know you kind of tweeted something to the effect of, like, stab or get off the pot if you're going to be bringing like, the sword like around. The idea, the idea, though, that, like, first of all, these are absolutely uh corbin's and moss's friends these guys look like the douchiest douche to ever douche to douche they're just just hey how's it going look at my little top knot like no there's just awful awful human beings you could tell and i don't even know what kind of game they were playing it wasn't poker it was like hey i'm gonna slap my cards down and i slapped another card down and i won it wasn't it definitely wasn't poker but um <laughs> no it was it was a uh, slap poker it was slap poker yeah um and um and then yes later after, after pointedly, after Corbin was 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 really scared of like, oh no, look how quickly he beat Jinder Mahal, who sucks. Um, I, I'm just getting he's gonna kill me at WrestleMania. Um, uh, then like 20 minutes later, we see him yucking it up, playing darts in his own private conference room. I don't know what the hell's going on, and I have no idea how Drew McIntyre, who is six foot five and 270 pounds snuck into that room so that nobody saw him up until he put a sword in the dartboard somebody should have said hey uh uh, uh happy there's a giant scottishman here who's 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 got a sword he once you stab the thing and everyone runs away and he puts the sword up on his shoulder like hey look at me um stab somebody or don't at this point stop doing the wishy-washy stuff Either commit murder or don't stop teasing us with the possibility you're going to chop a limb off. Either do it or don't and get rid of the damn prop. That's all you know, I'm going to say. Impact shot someone. So I don't understand why they can't stab someone here. But what I would love would be to hear JR announce the altercation between the sword and the dartboard because Asian Joe thinks that dartboard has a family, Drew, which um, uh, I love. <laughs> <laughs> or you could you could have you could say about this entire feud being a feud that is going to lead to a WrestleMania match. You could say what Jr. said on Wednesday, which is make better judgments, <laughs> make better judgments, and don't make this a mania feud for the love of God. Especially with the guy that you are trusting us to believe has a chance to beat Roman, I guess, and or Brock after after Mania is over. Like this is such a dead end feud. Beating Corbin will make Corbin also they keep saying Corbin's undefeated. He's won three. He's three and zero oh in televised singles matches. If you don't distill it down that far. 
to televised singles matches. He's lost all kinds of matches since he became Happy Corbin. So that you could only say he's undefeated in three matches. Okay, but here's the thing. I have a whole gimmick for my dad going of him being the undefeated Paul Hensler. And he has never fought a wrestling match, which is how I get to say he's undefeated. So, okay, I suppose that's true. Please calm down. Okay. JW Pringle just circling back on referring to release talent as dead weight. It's not great, but it is very Vince. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. We have a super chat also from Rob Reed saying, I guess we are supposed to forget that Drew and Jinder fought over a sword and a motorcycle all summer. And they were in a stable together. That is, and that they've is, never referenced that in either feud. No. That is also not the most ridiculous thing they are asking you to currently forget about the past of cool. their of their superstars. And we're going to talk about that. We can get to that too. Corbin and Co were pay, playing competitive snap. Perhaps like they you. were. Perhaps <laughs> they were. It's very possible. Alex woke up and chose murder. I Buddy, I do shows with him every Tuesday. Every day, Alex chooses murder. Yeah, uh, I true. promise you. McIntyre, Sorge, W. Brinkle chiming in is the opposite. Chekhov's, Chekhov's gun. gun. I love that. Yeah. Another great point from Rob Reed. Sue Young stabbed Allie in the neck, but Drew has stabbed a dartboard. And a yeah. table. And, and a, a desk. A, 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 a desk, desk, which is how... A traveling desk this whole thing started city city. yeah yeah ridiculous so so there is that um <laughs> mark losper also was saying he didn't stab the dartboard with the sword darts just look different in scotland mm, mm, <laughs> which mm-hmm. i love that idea um i cannot believe cannot believe and i apologize that i left out such an important segment which was Shinsuke and Boog's Toyota ad, which came on earlier. They were um, hiking through the woods. Uh, you're going to love this, Kate. I don't know if you saw this. Ah, it's just so funny. Uh, Boog's, Boog said to Nakamura, hey, buddy, my best friend, um, uh, my backpack's kind of full, so could you carry my snack for me? And he handed him one of those 15-foot party subs. And it's just, just hilarious. And then the very next shot, you can see them walking away without the sub. I was like, did they eat the sub? Did Nakamura, the, his very best friend, throw it on the ground? There's a lot of questions I have about this terrible, terrible, terrible truck ad. Um, the chief among them, why is it on TV? I hate it so much. I hate both of these guys. God. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, they just dragged down Shinsuke Nakamura, one of the most talented wrestlers in the history of oh. mankind. With God. this ridiculous thing that they've saddled him with a shaved g- gorilla that plays guitar. And it's, just, ah, I just can't stand Boogs. So I just can't stand. I just, I, Boogs is someone that, um, like, I can't stand him in, in that I feel like he's dragging Shinsuke down instead of lifting him up. But he does have charisma and he is a, yeah. an enormous human being that can do some really cool stuff. Um, with his strength in the ring. So I don't want to say I don't like him and I don't even hate the character. I just don't understand. I've never understood or or really liked the combination with Shinsuke. But I do mm-hmm. think it's that he could become something. Like, I don't feel like it's a, a lack of potential with him. Um, so, and we do have, I don't know if it's Eric 18 or Irsay 18 with a humper chat saying, that Shinsuke and Mook's Toyota ad, LOL. 
I'm glad you said LOL because that's the closest to entertainment that I think <laughs> anybody got out of it. But um, we do see their intro. We see uh, Rick Boogs throw a very cheap guitar, as Joel Pearl pointed out on Twitter. And I also realized a very not high quality guitar. So it's okay that it got trashed, but they get jumped by Usos and uh, and Reigns. Well, and- Usos. By the Usos, yeah. I, to to I, make way for Reigns. I have a question. What were Shinsuke and Boogs going to do? They were both I, in their gear. Did they have a tag match? And who was the tag match going to be against? Like Los Lotharios? Maybe. They weren't on the show. But, like, they just jumped them so they couldn't make their entrance. And then they had a thing in, in place of that, which was the the the, Reign, the Reigns promo. But why were they out there to begin with? Why would you jump them? Oh, no, I said to myself. Oh God, no! the The program for the SmackDown tag titles is going to be the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and the Guitar Gorilla, and and I'm I'm like, how many piss break matches can you have in one night? Well, in their defense, it's spread out over two nights now. It's but true. It's true. we do have someone asking, guys, how can you hate Rick? Boogs. I actually don't. I just don't like him in this role. Oh, um, I, I, he might be fine elsewhere, but it they've still never explained. Is he just because he likes to play guitar and Nakamura's entrance has guitar music? How do these guys in in the last the not tonight's but the, the previous terrible uh car ad they were in? You had Boogs asking, like, hey, so uh what do you like to do when you're not wrestling? Wait a minute, you guys have been tagging together for six months. You haven't actually spoken outside of work ever? Like, it's just a weird thing. Hey, what do you like to do? I like to surf. Oh, really? I know that Shinsuke likes to surf, and I haven't been working with him for a year. That's a ridiculous thing. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, I got to say, it's uh, it's not great. So I'm not... Here's the thing. I think ring-wise, it'll be pretty good at WrestleMania. I think... It's I, a bad I, I, program with bad creative around. I think when Shinsuke's in the match, it'll be fine. I think they're just gonna have Boogs toss the Usos all over the place, and then the Usos will cheat to win. Like it's 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 just ah. Uh, I'm kind of down for Rick Boogs throwing the Usos all over the place if it's done I, the right way, though. I so. guess. Ah. <laughs> uh. Joseph Snurk saying over Humper Chat that I'm going to go watch all of Nakamura's IWGP IC title matches and <laughs> weep for what could have we could have had. Yeah, yeah, you don't even have to go that far back. You could just go back to NXT. You could go back to um, when he won his Royal Rumble, which was great. JW Pringle also chiming in saying Boogs and Elias have a rock off book it. They uh have no I, creative plans for the last guy with the guitar gimmick i, I am pessimistic <laughs> i'd much rather see elias uh tag team with shinsuke nakamura honestly like i think boogs is incredibly limited and and like he does the thing that he does which is he throws people around and that's fine but like there doesn't like we haven't really seen him have to tell a story in the ring which i guess you would probably have to in a tag team title match at WrestleMania. so maybe i'll be proven wrong it happens quite often but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from making very vociferous predictions. I wish you were more wrong more often, to be mm. honest, because mm. you're not as wrong as, as you are saying that you are here. And a lot of this, in my opinion, is not great. Um, Rob reached at me and saying, I still don't understand why they named him Rick Boogs when 
Arab Bugenhagen. Arab Bugenhagen is a much better name. I actually really enjoyed the stuff that he was doing in NXT. It was really fun and subversive. And like a guy, a guy playing way too out of control air guitar is always going to be way more interesting to me than a guy who plays one song every week and says, boogs. Hey, he did the Freddie Mercury hey spot today. He did. So there's that. So there's that. <laughs> I'm with you, though, as far as I was like, what were they going to do? It's kind yeah. of like, who was going to be 30 in the Rumble before Brock came out? Like, things like that are just huge huge psychology gaps that I don't really appreciate, but we do get the Usos and the Viking Raiders and what I thought was a really good showing. Um, well, the Viking Raiders are, are great. It just felt very predictable, especially since we had an unpredictable title change earlier. I was like, they're not going to go ham with that, (laughs) but a good showing. I I really liked this match. Fine. We all knew that the Usos were going to win and the Usos did win. And that's it for the Viking Raiders. Thanks very much. Thanks for playing. You can go back to catering now, fellas. Like it, it. I mean, War Machine's one of the greatest tag teams to do it over the past decade, and yeah. they've just, like, they've just been dropping off a cliff now for several years in this booking. Um, it feels like they won the number one contendership in like November. Like it just feels <laughs> like they've been putting off this title match forever. It, they have been putting it off for weeks and weeks when they didn't have the match at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, like that's and, the and weirdest that's, thing and that's in the world weeks ago now at this point. Like it, it's and also like Sammy when like when he won the Intercontinental t- title match, like they they didn't actually give it to him until like a month and a half later. Like. Why are we like once you have the number one contendership, do the number have do the actual title match? It's weird. I'm with you. More more commentary on Rick Boog's Mercury man over here. Josh Weaver chiming in saying, I would rather have them go back to Boog's playing his own entrance music on air guitar. Yeah, that was way better. Um yeah. and JW Pringle saying, I think this is directed to Alex, especially. But Pat McAfee dances to Boog's music, Alex. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. I don't think maybe maybe you missed that. <laughs> it's not even Boog's music. It's Nakamura's music, which is fine. What's his name? We got another... Uh, I'm just going to clean up some of these past segment ones while we're rolling through here because I am just trying to put off to what they've done to Biggie as long as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, Drew tries to murders. Another super chat we have coming in saying... They're not using WWE Studios to create Drew cinematically murdering people. What do you even have a film studio for? Thank you for that. That is a very, very fair point. Yeah. My goodness. Um, I really love Biggie. And this sucks. I just, it sucks. Like, this whole thing sucks. It sucks that Biggie had just such a broken a broken title reign because of their booking it sucks that he didn't get a goldberg match when that was something he really wanted it sucks that they've usoed and new date us to death so much that they can't even really be in a meaningful tag program because tag team wrestling doesn't matter really outside of the tag picture so um so instead we have sheamus and ridge destroying biggie's four-wheeler at ringside mark lost for timing in with the humper chat saying since i assume we're not getting smackdown sour grabs please use this as an opportunity to tee off on biggie openly admitting 
what we all know was true about his championship reign. Um, <sighs> yeah. Um, this guy was uh, champion at the beginning of this year. And if he gets a match at Mania, it'll be a meaningless tag match with Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland, I think, will his fourth or fifth ever match on the main roster will be at WrestleMania. Um, uh, and it'll be over uh, an ATV that they stole and There's then demolished scooters. in a parking rate, parking lot. Like we have scooters, we have ATVs, we have the motorcycle, the motorcycle, motorcycles. Mm -hmm. It's really just a lot of transportation and WWE main programming yeah. these days. Yeah. Transport, transportation, theft, grand theft, ATV, and then grand demolishing ATV. And that leads to a mania match. I'm assuming that's what we're getting out of this. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, but like there's, could, could anything be, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the plan was before they were like, Hey, Let's throw Biggie and Kofi in a match with Sheamus and Ridge Holland, who have zero heat. Like there's zero heat on that team. Like they tr they tried to make them into something, it didn't work. And now, like maybe I guess this is how you're gonna build heat by having them break Biggie's birthday present? Question mark. Like I, I like I don't I I don't know. I, okay, I'm sure the match, at least the Sheamus portions of it, will be great. We'll yeah. see where Ridge is at this point, but like he wasn't like setting the world on fire at NXT when he got called up. Then he broke his nose, and I feel like he has he's been kind of like just in this weird holding pattern where like, are you a are you a a, a real wrestler or are you just a big body? And I don't know that yet because we haven't seen enough of it. But I, but if anybody's gonna make him look great, I guess it's Kofi and Big E. I guess that's the, where we're at right now. For sure. And I think Ridge Holland, I feel like from what we've seen, it does seem like it's a little more than like a Donkey Kong situation that we can kind of get from some of these. But like, I think, I, I think a lot of this got gummed up with Cesaro because they were just mired in the storyline. And I think they probably didn't know if he was really leaving until he did. Cause it sounded like they were trying to come to terms. So um, I think some of the start and stop between the injury and then, where was the storyline with Zara was going to go? Because it felt like maybe they were going to hint at reforming the bar. But, um, you know, I got to be honest. I also, like, had to run to the bathroom. Was there a finish to the match? Or no, did no, they no, just no, no, drive no. away on the ATV? No. Uh, he, I think he hit Kofi. Kofi was on, because it was just Big E versus Sheamus. And then Ridge, Kofi was si right. sitting, sitting on the ATV going, beep, beep, beep. With the with the like horn the of the Day ATV, thing? yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and Michael Cole said that takes some skill to play the New Day theme, um, on 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 the ATV horn. I'm like, no, it doesn't, not at all. Okay, cool. And then I think he hit him with either the truncheon or a chair or something to knock Kofi off the off the off the ATV. And then that distracted Big E and Sheamus attacked Big E and left him laying. And then they stole the ATV and and drove away and got intentionally countered out. And that was that was the that was the match, which didn't actually really ever start. I just hope Biggie knows that we love him. So <laughs> yeah. that's all I have to say about that. We have a humper chat from Joseph Stark saying, 
War Machine fell off the same cliff that Max Kellerman has been saying Tom Brady was going to fall off of for the last seven years. Yeah. And he did not. Um, yeah. Yep. That's fair. And it's also not because of of them, which is no. frustrating. No, God, no. They're, they're, they're so, so great. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and we have our wonderful moderator, Louise, saying that the match never actually officially started. Oh, good. So. Good. I'm glad. So I'm, glad we, I'm well, glad we did that then. You know, we don't get a lot of rematches on the show. So. No. True. But that brings us to our main event, and then we can talk about Rampage, which everybody really wants to talk about. And there's so many more chats waiting for us about the scar on my face and how I got it. So uh, we will dive back into those before going into Rampage. But we had Ronda Rousey versus Sonya Deville. And um, well, we also had, like, again, I will, I will talk about this segment. It will take me 10 seconds. Roman Reigns cut a promo about how he's going to, be, to beat Brock Lesnar. Yes. Um, uh, apparently, um, both he and Brock Lesnar are defending their titles tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden, and we don't know who either of them is facing. Thank you. Yeah. When this took like 15 minutes of TV time, all I could think about was the women's match, and I didn't feel like he said anything new. So I just like zero, zero new, except for the fact that I was like, wait, why don't either of you guys know who you're facing? Who are you facing it? Do they not know and they haven't figured it out yet? Or or is it a big surprise? It feels to me, if this was being televised, I would absolutely think Cody Rhodes was showing up. Yeah. But there's conflicting reports out there too. Um, Cass from Body Slam, who's usually very reputable with this stuff, um, said that those talks have fizzled out. So if they don't get Cody, like... That was the most interesting thing on the road to WrestleMania for me, was like the possibility of Cody showing up. So... Um, so we'll see. That could also, of course, be a swerve. He's reporting what he has heard. So, yeah. um, but, uh, do you want to talk about the match or do you just want to talk about the fact that they said that Charlotte Flair's never tapped out ever before? It was 11 seconds. I apologize. <laughs> um, no, the, the match, the match is, the match is nothing. Um, they, they've like, they've, they've decided, okay. Rhonda, you're a baby face. So please, when you come out, fish something out of the inside pocket of your jacket and give it to a child at ringside and, and make you high five everybody on your way to the ring so everybody knows you're a baby face. Um, Charlotte was on commentary through this whole thing. They cut up, they had a, a a video package where last week on SmackDown in this weird interview thing they had with Rhonda. Rhonda says, I'm going to be the first woman to tap out Charlotte Flair in half a quadrennial. Which, of course, if you don't know, because that's a really weird unit of time, is two years. It's a really weird-ass Vince way of saying two years. But in the video package, they cut out in half a quadrennial. So she says, I'm going to be the first woman to tap out Charlotte Flair. And I was like, well, see, when you cut out the second part of that sentence, the first then part's not true. Then the first part's not true. But that's, I chalked it up to being a bad edit, and they edited out a weird way of her saying it because they didn't want it to be confusing. So it'll be fine. But then Charlotte was on commentary saying, No one's ever tapped me out. And I was like, Well, we know that's not true. I mean, Oscar did it two years ago, Sasha did it a whole bunch of times, Becky did it, Natalia did it. Like, we've seen you get tapped out. It's a thing. It's a provable falsehood. 
for you to say you've never been tapped out. And I was like, oh, maybe that's just Charlotte, like, talking herself up. Okay. The official WWE Twitter is like, will Ronda Rousey be the first woman to ever tap out Charlotte Flair? I'm like, no. No, she won't. Because it's been done many, 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 many times. Yeah, and it's not like it was just done on NXT and they don't really acknowledge it. It's not like it was... Like, one thing that I love is I think when Sasha gets her in the bake statement, it looks so good. Like, it's in very memorable spots. herself out, like, all the way back. It looks so great. It's it's wild, like, what physically she does. It, like, sticks out in your head. (laughs) Sasha beating Charlotte for the first time on Raw to win the Raw Women's Championship. That match is one of the most fun Raws I ever covered for Fightful. Like, it was just, like, it was, that match was so great. The crowd went crazy for it. It was so good. And, you know, you just made that thing never exist. You just, you made that thing, you, 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 you did the flashy thing from Men in Black to us. And that match didn't <laughs> exist now. We have a, a super chat coming in saying, Sasha, Becky, and Asuka have all made Charlotte tap. This feud is so bad. Uh, main event, hashtag main event Becky and Belair. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that was the case. Also, yeah. their Twitter beef tonight ruled. I don't know if you saw Becky's post, um, but she put up a picture of her with the marks yes. from the hair whip and Seth Rollins is in the background and their baby daughter is mm-hmm. like hugging the mirror. Like how little kids get fascinated by a mirror. It was sure. so, so cute. And she was like, my daughter can't even look in the mirror. It's so bad. It was just so, so yeah. perfectly done. Yeah. Becky has a, a great Twitter game. Um, but the match was what it was. I don't think there was anything super surprising about this. Um, I did like that the post-match antics had Charlotte get put in an ankle lock because yeah. it, it that's something that made sense because Charlotte on commentary was saying that Ronda Rousey is a one-trick pony with the arm yeah. bar. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see her lock something else in. I know Ronda's not for everyone. In the ring, she is really good. Like, uh-huh. she she moves so fast. She's so intimidating. She, I think, sells unbelievably well considering her background. Um, but I, I just appreciated that, like, okay, at least we went home with something that made sense and I think adds some sort of intrigue to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that too. And then of course, you know, Charlotte with the visual tap out while in the ankle lock and Michael Cole screaming, Oh look, Charlotte's tapping out. That's never happened before. Or some crazy thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you tell this obviously provable lie? Like it just, it doesn't make it. Why, why choose to do it? Why? Alex, it's so embarrassing. It's like you don't even want people knowing that you're watching SmackDown. Like you would, yeah. if you were watching it on your computer, yeah, you would want to hide that from from, from people. And you would the best way to do that is probably by using NordVPN. Mm-hmm. I started to travel a lot more for work, which is why I'm not on this show right now. And there are little things that I'm discovering when I'm on the road, like. I can't watch SmackDown unless I'm live at the hotel because YouTube TV tells me I'm out of my region. Fortunately, NordVPN.com slash Fightful can help, and it helps me watch a lot of shows that I would normally miss because they're region blocked in my area. helps me get better prices on a lot of pay-per-view stuff. NordVPN.com 
slash Fightful. You can also use that code Fightful, and you're going to get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. And it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing to lose here with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's the equivalent of buying a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amount of entertaining content. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It has made my life a whole lot easier, especially on the road. Check us out. Use that code Fightful at NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I might have a, like, a chunk missing here, mm-hmm. but my segues. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. beautiful. We're going to clean up the rest of these SmackDown Super Chats, and then we're going to head into AW Rampage, and I'm so excited because it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Mark Osper saying, Natty tapped out Charlotte, and she lost to Aaliyah. Well, my goodness, ain't that correct? Yeah. Oh, we had Eloquent saying, WTF is this revisionist history of Charlotte never tapping out before LMAO? Yeah, we hear you loud and clear on that yeah, one. Yeah. Mark Losbar also saying the Big E situation looks even worse, if at all possible, this week after we hear that Vince told a black man he sounded too smart. Oh, man. Regular Fightful. You don't even have to be a select subscriber, but you probably should because it's just $5 a month and it's the most breaking news in wrestling. But on regular Fightful, um, Jeremy, who is a transcription god at this point, um covered a story where Keith Lee said that Vince didn't like his delivery when they were talking about his character, that he wasn't intense and angry enough, um, which if you can you, read between you the sa- lines, it's, you it's sound too smart for your own good. There you, you go. You sound too smart for your own good. We'll just We'll be here for six more hours if we start to get into that. So I'm just going to let it sit. But go read the article. Um, my goodness. My goodness. Um, hey, look. Hey, what's that over there? Which is a fantastic handle. Said, imagine how Malachi and Keith are being used in AEW and thinking that they're dead weight. Yeah. Yep. Not great. Mark Lasper also saying there's something deeply strange about Vince thanking Pat McAfee for sharing his moment under the learning tree only few ever got about an interview where he referred to release people as dead weight. It's not great, guys. Yeah. It's not great. Mark Lasper also said if they're revising stuff in WWE, can they revise Gunther's name? They could. They could. Oh, they could, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about something awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about the triple threat match that kicked off AEW Rampage. My goodness. Um, I was excited for this because AEW doesn't do triple threats a lot. I personally don't love triple threats. I think it's something WWE actually does well as far as the in-ring side of them usually goes. Um, But I don't like them because I have a hard time usually buying into a story where a champion is like, you know what? More chances to lose the title is a good idea. Um, But this one was fantastic um for me there were a few things that stood out that tower of doom spot was absolutely insane sammy's coast to coast was ridiculous this was really really fun for a few reasons in my opinion one they all work somewhat different styles i don't think darby and sammy are that far apart but sammy's ground game is a little different and um 
Darby Allen just always looks like he has a death wish. And Andrade is completely different than the two of them. And they also work at completely different paces. Like Darby is so often a million miles an hour. We saw how diverse he is and that he can go slower pace too when he was fighting MJF. But for the most part, he's very high speed. Sammy's kind of somewhere in between and Andrade's slower, higher impact. I was so impressed by him in this match. He has this ability to be so cool, like so effortlessly cool and so laid back. But when he puts you in certain positions, if he's got you in certain moves and throws you into the turnbuckle, it looks so violent. And because he's so chill, it it comes across as so explosive, in my opinion. I just loved the way this match was put together. I loved Darby and Sammy's chemistry early on. I don't love Andrade taking the pin. I know you hate Andrade taking the pin, but it does at least make sense with what they have set up for the pay-per-view that Darby and Allie, Dar- Darby and Allie, <laughs> Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, um, you know, have to be on the same page. So I, I don't hate it. I just love seeing Andrade finally having some momentum and I, I didn't want anyone to get pinned in this match. So that was hard, but Ultimately, Sammy Guevara retains. What did you think of this opening to Rampage? Uh, the match was a was a damn work of art. Um, uh, it's so cool to watch um, uh, Andrade in a match with guys this size because he gets to be like Brock Lesnar. He's just <laughs> chucking dudes all over the place. And I mean that that Tower of Doom, where 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 Sammy held Darby up in a vertical suplex and then Andrade like walked like four or five steps in the powerbomb position before dropping him. Like both of those guys, what, what studs. Um, uh, and Andrade has lost clean two rampages in a row. He lost last week clean. He lost tonight. Now, he took a lot of damage, and I, I get that. A bunch of finishers, and I understand. And had he not lost last week clean, I wouldn't have as much to say about it. That dude should get pinned clean twice a year, not <laughs> back-to-back weeks. Like, that guy's on another level. If you watch him in this match, you watch him in stuff that he's had, the, the match he had with Cody, the match he's he's had with, with Pac, the matches he had with Pac, my God, he's in another class and and i i i don't i can't i can't believe that in AEW he could be being held back because he doesn't speak perfect english like he was held back in the other place he's so transcendent as a performer that i mean i just i'm tired of not seeing him be like the third or fourth top guy at the very least He's so amazing. And I just want to see him get a, a run where he's not being felt like he's he's moving up. Like he had that amazing that very quick feud with Cody, and the match was amazing, but he lost. I, I get why he lost, but he lost. And now he's been like, Oh, hey, Darby, I want to fight you and and the old man who's your father or, or the guy who owns you or whatever, uh Sting, and also Sammy. Um, he's gonna lose that feud probably come on Sunday. Like probably so because Matt, Matt Hardy's going to walk out on him and that's the way that thing's going to end. We'll talk about a prediction later. Like I I'm tired of watching Andrade lose that. That's all like, he's one of the, one of the tippy top guys in the whole wide world at wrestling. And I'm tired of watching that guy lose. That's all. 
I completely get that. I did the finish in ring wise was insane too. We do yeah. have to talk about that. That Darby Allen, of course, goes to the top rope to hit the coffin drop, and then Sammy comes in with a senton. That was the camera work on this was so good. You just did not see him kind of like coming in. Uh, I'll I'll disagree with you with this. The the move before the coffin drop was the GTH to to Andrade, and he was about to pin Andrade. And then Darby runs in and shit cans him to the outside. And the camera follows Sammy. And you can see Sammy take no damage, roll and, and sit there and look back in the ring for his cue to come up, go back up onto the top rope. Like that bit of camera work was like, took it, it, it took, I was like, well, now I know that Darby's going to hit the coffin drop and then Sammy's going to hit the 630. And like, it was, it was that particular moment. It was like, I wish I didn't know ahead of time in that moment because I wanted, I wanted some more, you know, uh, unknowables there. But listen, the match itself was amazing. The finish was amazing. I just don't want to see my boy Andrade taking losses like that back to back to back to back. I have a theory, but I don't know how it how it works. But I feel like we're gonna get Andrade and Miro when Miro comes back. And so I don't think I'm going to care about any of these losses because I think I'm going to sink my teeth into that. But we have some agreement with you, Mark Loss, for saying that this is the only cost to having a quality roster and making fans care. Guys like Andrade and Ethan Page don't get enough wins. It is. It's tricky. And I think AEW is exceptionally good at protected losses when you're taking a ton of like I'm I'm an Eddie Kingston mark and I am ready for him to get the win. You know what I mean? (laughs) Against Jericho. So there's some guys like Eddie Kingston just out to kick everybody's ass and doesn't necessarily need it. I think Andrade is a guy that you want to have wins that you want to have momentum behind yeah. it. Um, you guys have been so supportive tonight. I appreciate it so much. We've got Leslie coming in with a humper chat thing. That's how it's it's spelled in here with a lot of ease, which I find very fun. The finish to the TNT title match was very reminiscent to the Armageddon match where Jeff won the title. I love the whole dang thing beside who got pinned. I understand that. And actually, I'm going to switch my vote there because you could have sowed some really fun seeds with having Darby take the pin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I agree. I agree entirely. And we have Brent Lockman saying, so after the Tower of Doom, Lee Hobbs Wardlow, your move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. James Zimmerman chiming in with, oh, me, meow. That TNT title match did indeed. Boom. Sammy is on fire. Darby heels turn, baby, so he can fight Sting at double or nothing. Darby has such an interesting connection with the crowd that I don't know if you want to turn him heel, but I'm very, because he's such an artistic guy, um, I personally am very interested to see what a Darby heel turn would look like. Um, Hey, what's that over there? Also chiming in saying Dragon Lee versus Two Belt Sammy, Book It TK. Oh, yeah. There's, we'll get to the ROH stuff because I haven't had a chance to talk about it and it makes my heart sing. But Flowman saying, didn't he blue chew after that TNT title match? You know what? Some people do need blue chew. They do. But not after that TNT title match. But no. If you also watch SmackDown, you might be having some some mixed physical reactions in your body. So Sean Rostap is here to tell you all about Bluetooth. Your penis is soft. Let me help. Not like that. Bluetooth.com. Code Fightful. Bluetooth 
brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's ready when you are or when you're not. It's not about having a problem. It's about having that performance, that excellent performance, that confidence. Fill out their online questionnaire. You work with an online physician. You won't have to wait in line at the pharmacy or the doctor's office. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's shipped discreetly and directly to you, and you get that first shipment free when you use that code FIGHTFUL at checkout. You want to be confident, don't you? You want that pay-per-view, that main event performance. Don't let yourself or somebody else down. Use bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL. So there you go, guys. There you go. <laughs> um, we'll just round out our little plug excuse by saying subscribe to Fightful Select. You guys have been so good to us. We got up to 6,000 followers. A lot of those fall off at the beginning of the month, but we always get them back. Got to be more scoops coming right out of Revolution. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Sean's going to have a lot more for you on Fightful Select. You can also catch Alex and I reviewing Corey and Carmella for some reason and our characters of Linda and Sheila, yes, which we're very, very excited about. And um, you can catch Team Kalex once again on the AEW Revolution post show, which I'm so excited about because it's much fun as it is being sour with you on Tuesdays. <laughs> it's also very fun to talk about a product that we like. And we... Liked this opener, so did Jordan Scott, who said, so I feel we'll get two turns in the American Hardy family office mm. match from Matt and Darby, where Andrade still gets the win because of the Darby turn. That's interesting booking. I don't I don't hate that. 
Um, I would like to see Andrade get some wins, but that's that's kind of neat. I I didn't think about that as a possibility. So yeah, there's uh, I I I I absolutely believe that whoever uh, wins this ladder match on Sunday is is going to beat either Scorpio or Sammy, um, and which is very interesting. Um, but uh, but who if Darby like has serious beef with Sammy, that could be really interesting for how the whatever happens there uh, comes comes around. But I I mean like not Darby turning heel, just hating Sammy Guevara is is a is really, enough. Is, is, yeah. a, is enough. Like just he doesn't be a heel. He just does not like that dude, and that could be a really fun feud to go through into the spring. You guys are so good to me. We are going to get back to your theories about how I got this scar, but some other wonderful messages coming in from you. Dan saying, happy to see you back, Kate. I'm so excited for the pay-per-view and future of AEW. Goodness gracious, me too, my guy. Uh, these possibilities are limitless. I see what you did there, and it's all because honor is real, partner. <laughs> you got Keith Lee, Ring of Honor, and Eddie Kingston into one super chat. You're speaking my language, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> we have RH saying that these live editions of Rampage are off the chain. I wanted Andrade and Ethan Page to win. Um, Deeb and Sheeta beating the shit out of each other rules. We're going to get to that too, but um, I do agree. I feel like they really step it up on these live Rampage, and part of it is probably because they just simply don't have to worry about spoilers at all. Um, but we got a Scorpio and Dan Lambert promo, um, and Sammy Guevara and Scorpio for the dynamite and Paige Van Zant is all elite. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, I think Paige Van Zant was the one good thing to come out of all that nonsense with, uh, American tops team. I think she has a lot of charisma. I also would like to see them round out their division with Athena and Willow Nightingale and Trisha Dora and people like that. Now, I don't know how the women that were in the women's ring of honor tournament, I don't know who got signed out of that. Um, but that women's ring of honor tournament happened very soon before they shut down, like very soon before they shut down. So I don't know what the contract situation is. Willow has been featured a lot on their programming. I think they're scouting her, but Paige Van Zandt is something that's entirely adjacent to that. I feel like she might just be more of a personality. She very well could fight. She certainly has the background for it, but um, I think it's a good signing. I just would like to see some more traditional wrestlers in there as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the Paige Van Zandt signing? And then we'll we'll back into what they did with the, uh, the ladder match here. Um, well, I don't agree with her being signed before the people that you said. Sure. Um, Willow uh Athena, Trisha Dora, like like those especially those three. Assuming um, that's the case. We don't uh, actually know. Like Athena like, might show up Sunday or whatever. We we don't know, of course, but like um it just it like okay great. Paige Van Sant, let's let's find out. She's a project. We yes. don't know what she's what she's gonna be like in a year, uh, but she's a project. And and if hey if if you've got a developmental brand, that's the way that's where you develop her. And we figure out what else. Uh, I think she she certainly has a lot of personality, which is good. And then we'll see what else we can do with that beyond beyond that. But um, uh, uh, we'll talk more about this later. I thought for sure that the end game of Deeb's rookie challenge uh, 
was bringing in a rookie to AEW who's not a rookie elsewhere. And then all that person has to do to, to win the rookie challenge is just last five minutes. That's all they've got to do. My own personal thing was like, I was like, this is how I would book it. Athena comes out and she's like, she's not a rookie. She is here. So technically she has, you have to fight her and you do five minutes and it's really good. And Athena hits her, whatever she called it before the, she called it the eclipse, whatever the O face. She hits that at like four fifty eight. Like she, she can say, I would have beat you if there wasn't a five minute time limit. And Serena says, you didn't beat me anyway. This is off. I'm never wrestling you again. And then we could get Hikaru Shida back. We've already seen Athena's in here. She's got a little thing with, with Serena Deeb. And you could revisit that after Shida and, and Deeb are done. But then Athena can go on and do other stuff as well. Like I really wanted the payoff of somebody, anybody, but particularly in my book, Athena of answering the call as a rookie, even though they're not a rookie. Yeah, I was gunning for that from the beginning. And I'm also gunning for you to book your own promotion because you have a very good mind for these kind of things. We're going to go to uh, some chats about me because I have an ego about myself tonight. All week I've been stifled from doing some wrestling podcasts. But we have MJ Johnson saying, K versus the Three Bears, revenge for Goldie confirmed. That is true. That is happening Sunday. Um, me and Tony Khan have a very great working relationship. So, uh, <laughs> Shot Kid 29 saying, didn't catch either show tonight, but had to pop it in support team Kalex. You guys rule. Traded wrestling for the Batman tonight, and it was worth that. I've heard good things about that. I'm not a Marvel gal myself so much, but. That's um, DC. You're going to get a lot I'm of angry a, fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to get a lot of angry. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She wasn't big. She wasn't making the mistake. She just doesn't. She didn't I know. I don't know. Yeah, no, that was not intentional. I get so intimidated by those lineages because I'm like, where do I start and yeah. what do I do? But um, but yeah. I, I've heard good things for people that are into yeah. DC and Marvel. Um, I am the Lucha saying word on the street is HH Elizabeth got stitches because <laughs> the lack of the MLB season made her smash her head through a window. I'm going to Sean and Marty uh rob manfred through a window uh but through a window at a bear in a red sox jersey that is also extremely accurate again all of these things did happen the scar is from the bear specifically brenda talkate saying just wanted to welcome back kate team kalex is the best well thank you brendan robbery saying ten dollars for kate's battle scar yes my battle scar is money there you go uh was it buster the bear dog that fought you kate harry azawa says it was it was and i told my dog he sounded too smart for his own good because i'm a terrible person and kate 444 life glad to have you back glad to be back man i felt so disconnected from something i really really love doing which is hanging out with you guys and and alex it sucked to not be there tuesday so mark quill saying what would a kate stable be and what would the name be? I suggest the Katriarchy. That's good. Katriarchy is badass. That's I love so that. Great. I mean, it's and then, me. and then anybody who you were up against could say, "Fight the Katriarchy." Down with the Katriarchy. <laughs> uh, it would be Punk. It would be Eddie. 
Guerrero if we could time travel, but Kingston right now. Um, probably legit Layla. Oh God, I can't, I can't. My stable is going to be 900 people by the end of it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I mean, definitely Punk and Eddie, which is no surprise to anybody. Yeah. Um, Jennifer sending in a humper chat saying, glad to hear your voice, Kate, and happy you are healing. Okay. Hope the pupper is good too. He's been very depressed. It's been sad, but he's coming out of it. Happy for the Calyx duo. A rampage was lit tonight. Kate's bangs <laughs> swerve the realist versus bear country. <laughs> Book it, TK. We're going to go back to the wonderful things you said about me after we go through the rest of some of these Rampage segments. Um, I like that they made room for another entrant with Scorpio Sky um, and, and that they they booked that otherwise. I think it was smart because I feel like Scorpio Sky's promo was true. Like, I already won this. Um, so I won this and I've been, I've been angling for this match. I've been undefeated for 365 days. He gets it. He gets his one-on-one match next dynamite. And the following dynamite, we get the, the winner of the ladder match. It's there. T- we got a couple of really good TNT title matches coming up. I think it, it belongs to Scorpio sky. I really hope he's our next champion. I feel like he truly deserves it. I, yeah, um, I, I, I would not be surprised to see uh Scorpio sky. Uh, win it from uh, Sammy, maybe even via like Darby screwing over Sammy because Darby is begging something. And because Scorpio's a heel uh, and he won it via chicanery himself, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him lose it the following week, depending on who wins the uh, the ladder match. So agreed. That would be really fun. I'm ready for a heel Darby. Why not? Hey, you want to talk about ROH real quick before we talk about the I mean, sure, a little bit, yeah. Okay, let's talk about it because we have some super chats about it. You said this earlier. I can't believe this didn't click into my brain. William Regal to ROH? Hardcore Kate. That was, Alex and I were were just talking over Twitter and Mm -hmm. you said that. And I was like, I'm going to laugh very hard if AEW gives us AEW and NXT because NXT was kind of ROH with William Regal's influence. (laughs) So sign me up for that. That was from Perry, and we appreciate the super chat. Yeah. The nerd guru was saying, give me Regal to run ROH. War games of honor. Um, <laughs> I mean, all day, all day. Yeah. I think I loved ROH because it was so, like, there were a lot of talent that I really, really, really love at ROH. Um, but what I loved about ROH was it was, it was, sports-based feeling and it was storytelling driven so that the talents all felt really important um they used divisions better than anybody they actually made sense um and they had rules and they followed them and it just it was i loved it it was one of my favorite hours of wrestling on television so i think if you combine that with william regal's advisement on character work you're looking at a really 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 entertaining product and hey what's that over there saying Cody to ROH, that is something that I is kind of circulating now um, and intrigues me greatly because if it's true that Cody wanted creative and that's part of the reason he was leaving, literally booking and creating the stars of the future might be something that's very appealing to him. And you could bring him back as a heel tomorrow. So just depends what his motivations are. Alex, what do you think about, I mean, we, we talked about Regal and we love Regal, but Regal, Cody, who do you think is running the ship? Because I feel like Tony Khan is, there's not enough hours in a day for that guy anymore to also run another promotion. <laughs> um, 
I think I think Regal and Joe Samoa Joe running ROH should be kind of cool because they because we know they have a fantastic working relationship. They have really uh, similar ways they view wrestling, and they could put together some really great stuff. And have uh, Joe could appear as he could be the authority figure who gets to wrestle. Okay, like the idea of I don't know who you would put in this particular role, but a young guy, maybe like a Daniel Garcia, who gets punished for his antics in AEW and sent to ROH, um, like whatever, like get out of here, says says Tony Tony Khan, go over there or whatever. And he still just becomes like this menace who won't listen to authority. And finally, like he he threatens Regal and Regal says, no, my, my days in the ring are done, young man. But I have a friend here. Perhaps you know Samoa Joe. And then we could have a Samoa Joe and Daniel Garcia match uh, that would just check all of my boxes. <laughs> the possibilities are so freaking endless, man. I, It just makes me so happy. It really, really does. Yeah. Um, So we have kind of a little off the beaten path thing that we're going to do before we dive back into Rampage. We had a, a monster super chat that got donated um, at the end of Wednesday show and Sean missed it. And so he created a video to make sure that it was addressed. Um, he also emailed the person that donated it, but we just wanted to take a minute here and, and make right because it was a very generous one. Um, and Sean, even if it's the minimum, he always tries to make sure that those statements get read and addressed. So Sean uh, recorded this video just for that. So here you go. Hey guys, Sean Ross Sapp here, not on this weekend shows as I'm heading to Orlando for Revolution. Got to be up at 4.30 to catch a flight. But uh, we forgot a couple of, or we didn't forget, we missed a couple of Super Chats and Humper Chats on the Wednesday show. Things were very crazy that night. So unfortunately we missed a couple, including a very, very generous one from Hayshern. Uh, if you didn't see Hayshern, I did email you, I posted a tweet, but I wanted to make sure that your questions got read. That was a very generous donation, and we want to make sure you get your money's worth. You said, so now Tony Khan buying ROH, there are a couple of questions. What does this mean for Deanna Perrazzo as ROH Women's Champ? So as far as I know, she's still booked for Super Card of Honor. She hasn't been announced as I'm filming this, which is a couple minutes after that AEW show. And her opponent is TBD still. I don't know if that means she hasn't been told who it is or if uh, they just don't know who it's going to be as of yet. But uh, from what I understand, the original plan was to have Deanna Perrazzo continue as ROH champ for quite some time. This is uh, something that had been brought up to her late last year and she was on board with and it was unfinished business for her. Uh, she has a couple of people of influence that uh, are pushing for her in AEW, namely Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And then there are maybe some hurdles that she would have to face based on past relationships and uh, things of that nature, which really shouldn't matter at this stage, should be null and void, and I think likely are uh, as a result of uh, a lot of that stuff. I think Britt's, Britt's word holds a lot more weight than than anybody else's that would probably be a detractor for her, and I don't think that that would um, I don't think that would be an issue anymore in fact she's been uh, very good to work with from from most of the people that I've heard from she is a match that a lot of people want so I think that we're probably going to see her continue in that role and I think there's a good possibility she would sign there or AEW full-time in the future 
Then you asked, uh, what's the possibility of TK absorbing other talent like Gresham and the Briscoes? Well, Gresham, his ROH deal was up after the week after Final Battle. Obviously, he's still ROH champion, the original ROH champion, and he uh, would get approval through the office before defending that. He was at Dynamite last week, and he was there the night before he had to be in Atlanta for his own show. You don't just go to Bridgeport, Connecticut to hang out. Like You just don't go there on a random Wednesday when you got got to run a show in Atlanta the next day. The Briscoes, there's a lot more than meets the eye. Uh, I have heard uh, there was a bit of a holdup in them being involved with AEW at one point, but they had been backstage at well uh, as well. FTR is pushing hard, hard for their match. Uh, but a, a couple weeks ago, I wouldn't have thought that they would be involved in AEW, and maybe they won't. But now I don't think the FTR match is off the table. Um, I don't think they're still contracted. I could be wrong, though. And Axel Hunter said, a possible strategy for ROH, a second promotion could let TK sign even more talent than starve WWE when they give up on this no-indie shtick. I don't know if Tony Khan would go that route. I think he's probably of the belief there's always going to be good talent somewhere. It's just a matter of how you use it, if that makes sense. Uh, Again, sorry that we missed those super chats, but thank you all so much for the support. Wednesday was a great show. I hope you guys support uh, Alex and Kate as I'm going to be feeding them some information as I learn it, so they'll have a bit of backstage info as well, hopefully. Thank you, guys, and hopefully I'll see you on Monday unless my flight gets canceled. So that is Sean. As we were talking ROH, we just wanted to make sure that we threw those wonderful things in there from him, and again, those some really, really generous Super Chats, and we always want to make sure that we are acknowledging people who are supporting us, so thank you for those. Just some more support for this whole thing. I can't even get into it, like how incredible it is for for me as such an ROH fan. But give me Regal to run ROH War Games of Honor. I hope AEW brings back uh, ROH Champions versus All Star from Hey, what's that over there? As well as saying Samoa Joe versus Hook and Garcia in a pure rules match. Like <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Yeah. I think Samoa Joe still being out there makes this. Uh, all the more interesting. He's so interesting because he has ties to Impact and ROH mm-hmm. and so many people in AEW because of that. So he he can show up anywhere and and feel like a big deal. I just want to see that walk away spot. He, I also thought he was absolutely brilliant on commentary when he yeah. was doing commentary for WWE. And if oh, he was yeah. doing they're, talent, they're gonna, they're gonna like, figure out a way to they're gonna gotta figure out who's gonna be on commentary for ROH. Like Samoa Joe heading that up, you know, would be a really cool thing too. I love it. I love it. But back to Rampage, guys. Yes. Death Triangle Challenge House of Black. If we get a debut, I I did not see coming. I don't think I ever would have predicted. Um, I'm confused a little by it. You can't. But can we before we before we talk about who the debut was? Alex Abrahantes and his weird, like, <laughs> vampire shtick. Like, he's, like, going out to trick-or-treating as a nine-year-old with his hood and his weird makeup. And he's like, um, uh, House of Black, you talk about how you always win, but we beat you. You only win when you, you, when you use, you know, your, your, your tricks or whatever. Uh, but you can never beat the three of us. And I was like, oh, please tell me, Abrantes, you're not going to get in the ring. With Buddy Murphy, you're going to die. And 
Is he just gonna die? And then um and then they would get a, a response promo from House of Black, which was awesome. Uh and then they show up behind them and they said, uh when I said the three of us, I didn't mean me. Uh, uh, we have our own monster. And they because they were talking about Penta taking people's arms and stuff, and Penta that was his whole gimmick in Lucha Underground. Taking people's arms was his whole shtick. He would break as, people's arms after he beat them and everything. Right? As was Penta Oscuro, like this sure, character right. revival yeah, that entire exactly. Yeah. Um, so when he says monster, and you've already conjured up Lucha Underground, there's only one monster from Lucha Underground. So when the lights go out, I was like, holy shit, Matanza Cueto! And it was not Matanza Cueto. It was the opposite of Matanza Cueto. It was definitely not what I was expecting. Because Rowan walks out, Eric Redbeard, and I was like, hold up, I need to find, uh, you gotta find me video of this job interview. How is, how is, how is Eric Redbeard, Redbeard getting the call for this spot I think it's going to be fun. God bless him. I think it's so cool that like he has this this connection to Brody Lee's home where he can come every now and then and do this thing. Um, but it, it was completely out of left field. It does not feel like he is related at all to these people. But okay, they're doing a trios match on the buy-in. I'll watch that. Yeah, why not? He's never someone that... I felt like was hugely outstanding to me. Um, but I don't think he's ever been in a position where he's had to be. And I don't think he's going to have to be in that position here. So I don't mind it at all. I, it was probably like a fairly inexpensive contract to get. I think sure. it's it's a very nice nod um, to, to Brody Lee too. I think that's really beautiful. I was just... I, I mean, out of left field, I like being surprised out of left field. I wish Tony Khan would surprise us out of left field more, but this was like, this was well into Fowl's territory of left field, my dude. <laughs> this was funny. Um, and Abrahantes, yeah, the 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 dressed up gimmick, I was like, yeah, Lucha Underground was theatrical. That, that works for me. Master Vinter, <laughs> Eric Redbeard, I love it. Yeah. Um, now that Redbeard is an AEW, we need a buddy Danielson and Redbeard callback. Very well pulled. Well pulled. I appreciate that. But this was really interesting. I certainly did not see it coming in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so that's good for them. Good for him. I think um, he's exactly what they said. He's a heavy. And I think him and Brody King will be able to do some really fun stuff and beat the hell out of each other. Yep. Why not? That'll be fun. And, and here's the thing that um, uh, uh, part of Buddy Matthews' first uh, unique skill set is that dude can bump his ass yes. off. So I can't wait to see the, the offense that he takes from Eric Redbeard. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I feel like it's this is a, a little appetizer for whenever Phoenix is healthy because that is going to be your real – your real feud. Um, I, I think if, if, if we get, um, if we ever get the, the ROH trios titles uh, resurrected and actually used uh, via ROH and a AEW, um, I think the first major feud will probably be uh, UE versus um, Kenny and the Bucks. 
but I, I would love like for the first real long reign to be house of black. I think those guys with the, the trio titles, Ooh boy, that could be so much fun with uh, those three guys together. And it could end with Malachi and Bud Matt betraying each other. Yeah. I love it. Um, Back to me and the bears though, real quick. And then we'll dive into some more of those super chats, but the nerd guru was saying the greatest trick bears ever pulled was convincing the world that they could take Kate Elizabeth in a fight. I, as we're talking about trios, like me versus three bears, I don't even need, I don't even need a tag team. So we wouldn't, you wouldn't even tag out. No, why? I mean, it it, it would be, be, I would be holding them back. You know, it could be, it could be three, three, three actual bears versus you and a goldfish and a baby. And you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even need to tag out. You wouldn't even need to tag out. You just take them all on by yourself. And I would go, this tag partner is just right. <laughs> J.W. Brinkle saying, Goldilocks and the Three Bears took a turn when Mama Bear looked at Kate and said, you people have been sleeping in my bed. Kate went, Red Ross blacked out and then woke up with a new rug and a scratch. <laughs> you guys rule. Michael Branson saying, Kalex on a Friday. I guess we have been good boys and girls. Alex, lovely as always. Kate, Elizabeth, nice bangs. You got us on Sunday too, buddy. And if you want to torture yourself with a Carmella and Corey review behind the paywall, you can. This is by request on Fightful Select tomorrow night. You will get Linda and Sheila reviewing the sex show with Corey and Carmella. Um, and then, because that should take only a few minutes to us for us to tell you how terrible the show is. After that, there will be extended fantasy booking of ROH stuff between me and Kate, which probably Linda and Sheila will be doing that too. So come and hang out with us tomorrow night for a bonus show, because there's no actual Sour Graps show for SmackDown on Select this weekend. I gotta give you guys something. And so we friendos, we give you that. let me tell you, if it was not by request, we would not be doing it, but going back to the trios that you were booking, uh, Chris Rain said, give me that trios match over the trios match that's on the pay-per-view. I, I'm intrigued to see what the trios match that's booked does, because I think we are going to get some shenanigans as far as like a heel turn goes, but get, give me all of it. I'll take it. Hey, what's that over there saying? I truly believe that House of Black would old yeller the mystery of darkness. Well played, and I I don't disagree. I, I think you're dead on with that. Brent Lockman saying, as a metalhead, seeing Red Beard is, is always awesome. Hell yeah. He's in a freaking Amon Marth video. That's true. Amon Marth, great live, by the way. They should just get that song. Um, Tony Khan doesn't really like getting licensed music, so I don't see that happening. Nope. That was sarcastic for yeah. all you people. Um, the Nurgu were saying for a split second, I thought Wyndham. I I don't think I computed it fast enough to view that as a possibility in my head. I, I just don't see that happening. But I also didn't see Tony Khan just buying ROH, both the library and the yep. promotion happening. So what the hell do I know? Who knows? Um, real quick, circling back to one final SmackDown Super Chat. I just Googled Charlotte Trap tapped out and the, literally the first title is every tap out from charlotte flair wtf is this company do they think their audience is stupid yes do they think yes. Yes. we're 
Never mind. I already know the answer. Yeah, that was from Lord Jackson. J.W. Pringle chiming in saying, Paul Elizabeth and Mrs. Elizabeth. She's Kathy Elizabeth. She's a Catherine. I'm not. I'm actually mm. just playing Kate. But yep. just some fun Hensler family history for you. Happy Friday, you crazy kids. Both undefeated bull Canadian destroyer masters. It's true. My mom is a hell of a Canadian destroyer. Um, and the nerd guru saying, well, Rampage kicked all the ass as per usual. Smackdown had a fluke interference win. Short women's matches and has done virtually nothing to interest me in their top feuds. One of which is based on a lie. There's not a lot to disagree yeah. with there, except I am excited about um, Ricochet. That made me very happy. Yeah. Um, Luis saying that he thought it was going to be Demonic Flamita. I didn't even think about that. Mm. That would have been a, a great yeah, ROH too. pull. Yeah. But now we go into the too smart for his own good, limitless Keith Lee versus Jay Drake, also known as Big Meaty Men Chopping All the Meat. Oh my God. God, I love this match so much. I love JD Drake. I love JD Drake. And I love Keith Lee, but um JD Drake, I don't think it's the his due as a worker. I also just love the wingmen. I find them hilarious. Peter Avalon stole my heart a long time ago. Um, but this match was all sorts of fun. Alex, what did you think of this? Oh, it's fun. I mean, they they it was longer than I thought it was going to be. Went through the commercial break. Um but uh, I, it's it's really cool to have when when you've set up that you have these three behemoths in this ladder match. Um, I love that they're giving at least two of these guys um, in in Wardlow and Keith Lee uh, warm up matches against fellow giant dudes. Like, oh, let's let's see what they can do against against very other very large men. Um, and I, I I thought this was good that that finish. Of, of of putting him basically just just like squatting um um jd drake in the in the fallaway slam position and then putting him muscling him up onto the shoulders for the big bang catastrophe was was a he is a monster uh they took all the wingmen came down he got rid of all those guys super easy um uh the 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 pounce was great um it, it was it this keith lee's Keith Lee is, is super special. The thing about Keith Lee is, is that Keith Lee is Keith Lee. Uh, and there's nobody else like him in the whole world, never has been in the ring. And the idea that somebody who is supposedly the greatest wrestling mind in the history of, of the business would say, no, I don't want you to be this unique, amazing thing. I want you to fit some other mold. Uh, I want you to just yell and never actually... Uh, connect with the audience or or you know speak words i want you to be this raving animal um and, and you also you don't get to do any of your signature moves um I, th I think that's kind of absurd but for other news uh listen to keith lee's interview with on talk is jericho from today because oh boy uh, i'm so glad that this guy doesn't have to be there anymore because they're letting him be special which is what he is and i i, I they, he is featured prominently on all of the posters for the for the next four months of live events they they if, if even if he doesn't win this ladder match they're strapping a rocket to this guy going forward i i would not be surprised to, to see to not to, to to see him get maybe the all out or the or the full gear 
AEW title match. Like they, they know what they've got. He's really special. I love it. Um, and with them buying ROH, I would be remiss if I did not mention that he and Shane Taylor were yeah. the tag team of the pretty boys. I don't think they're gonna go there this early, but um, even if they faced each other, my goodness, like how fantastic. And you're right, like in WWE, they they took a lot of what made him special away from the character, but they wouldn't even let him yeet people across the ring out after he did it to Adam Cole and he just yeeted him like six rows back into the crowd, which was so much fun. But we have some super chats about this. Uh 24 minutes in and TK isn't messing around. This card and event are going to be crazy. Yeah. I mean this is they even said it on commentary. I think Excalibur said this is like just the fastest hour of, of wrestling. Like it goes by so quick and you just look up um, and you're like, oh, it's it's made event time or whatever. But this one, it was like the pedal was to the metal the whole time, 24 minutes in. You were like, man, there is a lot of juice in this episode and the pay-per-view that's coming up. Mark Losper saying, you know who's great? Keith freaking Lee. <laughs> that's. I don't like that's a little close to Seth freaking Rollins for me, but I, I understand what you're saying. I'm so glad that WWE sucks because I get to see this dude be great. Keithley rules. He does rule. And he did a lot of really great work in WWE. It was just after his, his COVID diagnosis and them trying to switch to the Bearcat thing on top of the bad booking with carrying cross. It just never, never refound its footing. And um, I'm glad he gets to go somewhere where he gets to be himself whether that was going to be AEW, Impact, wherever, he yeah. deserves it. Because he is a, like you said, um, I feel this way about Jade, not as much in the ring, yeah. but like there's just no one else in the world like that person. That's yeah. that's something special. Brendan Towngate saying, I love to see JD Drake getting more TV time. I really like that guy. Hopefully the ROH purchase can grant more time for the undercard guys. I love JD Drake. And uh when he was first put in the wingman i was a little confused because he always read to me as like a an nwa throwback more serious kind of wrestler but he's mm. been so much fun in the wingman they're an underrated stable they're there to do exactly what they're doing um and this was really fun because i felt like keith lee at the end just got to make them all look like child's play which is fun yeah. um, peter avalon's facial expression should not be forgotten in this conversation because they're hysterical but jd drake is a fantastic wrestler seek out some of his indie matches too um he had a match with daniel garcia at limitless wrestling that is one of the best independent matches ever 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 so um he can do a lot and it was also fun to see jd drake in the ring with a bigger opponent that was just like a fun different thing that we got to see um their guru saying wow that keith lee guy doesn't look like dead weight to me now does it vince's interview didn't change my opinion of being of vincent kennedy mcmahon yeah i i haven't watched it i probably will um but i can't comment on it because i didn't see it brenda Towngate also saying anytime they hype up lee and hobbs they get so excited orange cassidy and starks too very excited for the ladder match that's yeah. going to be a different type of ladder match than we've ever seen in in aw and kind of ever i think um i think that's going to be very very fun and lockman chiming in saying seeing lee makes me remember the matches he had in 2017 with ishi walter and suzuki and some of those being possible again brings me pure joy it should it should it's yeah. it, there's something so interesting with keith lee where he's just so wildly likable and so intimidating at the same time that's such a magical recipe 
Where yeah. to me, he's like the clearest cut face in the world. Like you want him, you want to root for him. You can't help yourself but to want to root for him. But then he's like throwing Isaiah Kennedy six miles down the road. You know, it's it's a very fun combination of ingredients that make up Keith, Keith Lee, in my, in my opinion. Moving along. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm actually a, a fan of the old CM Punk. Did you know that? I, I did. I don't talk about it a lot, except no, you don't. No, uh, other than always, all the time. Yep. Even as I try and set aside my markdom, I felt like what he did with Eddie Kingston expanded the parameters of what we thought wrestling matches were on the pay per view because they beat the hell out of each other, and now this MJF feud, the way that they've engineered it, has felt like something very different than we normally see in wrestling. This promo was was hanging right there with that. We got a nice callback to his his Punk with and Raven feud, um, which was the last dog collar match that Punk did. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Brent Lockman saying, we'll mark out for days if Punk dusts off Miseria Cantari, even if it's just for one night. Fully channel old Punk. We also had people saying that uh, he should bring out the, the gym shorts again. I even loved him closing this promo by saying, I'm better than you uh, mm-hmm. because that calls back to straight edge means I'm better than you CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And it obviously also calls out I'm better than you. And you know it from MJF. Yep. He has slowly really, really shaken off the rust of the like WWE promo style. I feel like ever since the Eddie Kingston one and just we're getting closer to that heel turn. That's going to both make me so excited and break my heart at the same time. <laughs> It's it's nice seeing CM Punk liking pro wrestling again. This promo was fantastic. And about two weeks ago, this whole feud just took on a completely different texture to me. How did you feel about this promo? And also just like what what we're we've got going on with this. It feels like one of the most compelling stories in wrestling right now to me. Yeah. Um uh, it, it it does. It really does. It 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 started out um it started out uh well it started out pretty great but then it got weird with like <laughs> you know the the whole like you want to get in brit's pants yeah, segment of the feud which was a weird like it was like oh i don't is this where we're going with this i don't want to see this feud if that's what this is and that feels like so far in the rearview mirror and i wonder if like the feud had to go down that terrible tangent so that we could write the ship back into this amazing thing that we're in right now. If it was, it, it, this feud would have burned up on re-entry or whatever. <laughs> if we had started so white hot with it, you wouldn't have been able to get this far. It started right after full gear. And it's, I was like, there's no way when this thing started, I was like, there's no way you could, you could make this last all the way to revolution. That's just impossible. And they somehow did it, and it doesn't, it feels perfect. It feels like Sunday is the perfect conclusion of this. All of the chapters have been written except for the final one. And I cannot wait for this match. It's going to kick so much ass. The storytelling, because MJF is a student of the game of the highest order, and he's in there with a guy who knows all of the tricks. And, and we'll impart the right ones and figure there's going to be new things and old things being called back to. 
callbacks that are going to be turned on their head. Like there's going to be so many things about this match that's going to be, it's really, really special. And we're going to, we are going to look back, I think, in 15 years um, uh, when we're at the tail end of MJF's uh, prime and going into maybe the end of his career, you look back at this feud and go like, I can't believe how young he was when he when he like shocked the world with this particular thing with Punk. Punk coming back after seven years, like it's so so crazy that he came back when he did, and he's here now doing this kind of work. That's amazing. Yeah, I just I have so much love for this. I love that MJF like explained why his actions were what they were, but you don't um they don't excuse them in any way. It felt very much like an origin story and yeah. I really love it. We've got some super chat saying manifest punk coming out to this fire burns. I love it. Uh, this may should main event more than any title match. I'm a big believer in the title should close the show, but this does feel like their hottest feud. I, I think the reason that you're doing Adam versus Adam is because Kenny's coming back during the match. I think I think, so I think the, the 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 angle coming out of Adam versus Adam is holy shit Kenny's back and he hates Adam Cole. Yeah. Like I I think that that and and that that the Shit's Adam Cole versus true. Kenny thing that's going to take us all the way through to double or nothing it's going to it's going to start a new cycle of amazing stories to tell and I feel like that's why they're probably going to end with that so fun and cool when it's done right Brent Lockman saying wonder if we see Raven Sunday I thought about that too I thought about that too um oh my god you guys are so much fun I don't want Punk and MJF to ever end just a masterpiece every show yeah Punk has to bring back the basketball shorts elegant Quinn chiming in and saying Fran Chile saying guys I think we broke CM Punk yeah this this just felt yeah when Punk gets like quieter it gets like scary and good um, and I think that the, the, I think the punk heel turn is going to happen in a moment, but I think this is the evolution leading to that moment. Um, Mike Preventure saying, am I the good guy? I'm trying to be, I don't think he's trying anymore. And this is what unleashes heel punk to take the title from hangman at double or nothing. Um, the brilliant Joel Holbert, who does the late night grin and, and used to do some incredible work at Fightful had a fantasy booking of face punk face hangman um punk low blows hangman wins the title and eddie kingston comes out and says uh i told you this is the son of the bitch this guy was mm -hmm. and that gets reignited i would cry with excitement mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we got a super chat from mark quill saying kate and cm punk versus mjf in the bears main event yeah, if if it's gonna be me and Punk versus MJF and the Bears, like that that should main event the show. I'm sorry, Kenny Omega, but I'm bringing live Bears in. So what are you gonna do? We move in to Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling interview. Um, Nerd Guru chiming in saying Sterling. Mark Sterling's a terrible lawyer. Worst lawyer in the world. <laughs> worst lawyer ever. This was perfectly fine. He's a riot. He really he is, is funny. Um. Nerguru saying, I like Tay, but I love Jade. Jade should squash her. I think Jade does squash her, and she says, I'm 30 and 0 or whatever. And then out comes I think, I think, Athena, I think, Tegan Knox, whoever. Maybe. But I, I, I think, I think, I think uh, Tay uh, gives her her, her best, her best matches champ. Because um, I think that right now is AQA. Um, so I think that, like, you know, or this, this should be, uh, I think Ty, Ty has been, been, uh, been Tay's been giving a, a 
because you got a spot on the card in the division that that is required her to have a, have a good match. I think. Um, but I I just li- I love Mark Sterling going. That's why I put a little clause in the contract that Ty is not Ty Conti is not allowed to touch her until forty eight hours before the match, which of course is right now, and that's bad. I'm bad at my job. <laughs> and Ty comes out of nowhere with a flying kick. I was like, why didn't you make it until eight hours before the match? Why forty eight hours? That doesn't make any sense. And then you announce it on television so everybody can hear. That's ridiculous. Hysterical. What a terrible lawyer. What a terrible terrible lawyer he is. Circling back on Keith Lee and JD Drake, uh, Chris Reigns had said, I would love to see the workhorsemen, Drake and Anthony Henry in AWROH. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Henry is a hard hitting son of a bitch. So he would be very fun. That's CM Punk promo, too. We have one more super chat coming in saying, I sat on overbooked that Punk turns during this match and goes after Hangman. That promo may be a little more sure. It, It does seem like we're getting layered punk for a reason, yeah. um, which makes me very, very happy. But we'll move along to Serena Deeb and yeah. Anna Layla- Jay did give her a best match. I, for some reason, I thought that was before she became champion in my head. It, it was, the oh, that's right, was all screwed up, but yeah, no, was she was champion good. when she, yeah, that was a good match. That was very good. Um, Serena Deeb versus Layla Gray, who we've seen on Dark a few times. Um, and Red Suit Cheetah is back. <laughs> we got Red Jackson sending in a humper chat saying. Been saying it for months, but I hope the final Deeb and Sheeta match is treated and built as a big deal by AEW. They deserve it. Maybe a pipe dream, but please give them 30 to 45 minutes on Dynamite for an Iron Woman or two out of three falls match. I want it. I'm really waiting for them to use Rampage for one one hour Broadway. That would be very, very fun if they are up for it. Um, but yeah, and we have Mark Losper saying... Uh, that she tweeted, I'm back to kick ass. Well, she beat the ever-living hell ever. <laughs> um, so let's quickly go through this. Um, Serena Deeb versus Layla Gray. No surprise here. Nothing really to talk about in this match, but what she did after. I don't, like, love this um, for this spot. Like, I don't love that this is where the Sheeta thing gets reignited. I feel like it contradicts everything that they built out. But what did you think of what happened here? I, I love that Sheeta's back. But yes. I, this is not where I would have done it. Uh, Agreed. Um, but, uh, I mean, and I agree. I, I think two out of three falls is good. I think Iron Woman might be better. Half hour Iron Woman match. Um, and and you, you build it out and be like, okay, top of hour two. A half hour Iron Woman match, like everybody, everybody knows when to tune in. This is when we're gonna do it. Um, like you could, you could do it that way. You can make it the main event for all I care. Um, but the half hour thing, Iron Woman would be really great uh, to do this for them. Uh, she she laid in some stiff kendo shots to the um, face to Serena Deeb's face. She's gonna come out looking like this. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she very well might. Um, I, I I like that there's going to be the you know the, the blow off and then each of them can go their separate ways because I think we've seen it enough at this point. Um, uh, but like this is what it's what's so great about the potential of having the two separate women's divisions that can then intertwine at certain places. You can separate people after they feud for way too long. You yes. can say what you could afterwards happen. All of a sudden, Serena Deeb would show up on ROH and start a program over there, and Hikaru Shida would be on AEW. And then once once they wind up back at the same place, you could reignite it for just for old time's sake for one night only. You know, 
that could be fun too. Alex, you and I are going over two hours and mm. sorry, Sean, but we've gotten a lot of support and you guys have been so nice about sending in things about my face. So I appreciate it. We're going to, we're going to turn up the heat here. We got a couple more chats from about Serena Deeb and the Sheeta angle saying, Brendan Towngate, sooner than expected, but I'm just really happy to see Sheeta back smacking people with kendo sticks. Please let Sheeta run a stable. Been preaching that for a long time, buddy. We need a Joey stable. Um, and James Barra saying that is there a chance of Athena coming to AEW? SRS seems to indicate this isn't as much of a slam dunk as when she left WWE thoughts. Um, I feel like they are stupid if they don't do it, but the Impact Knockouts division is really damn good. So I think it might just depend on what Athena wants to do and where she wants to go. Them buying ROH, like, I don't know if if that factors into it, but I feel like having more places to go is something that's so great. Um, so so I don't know. I, I think they would be silly to pass on her. I thought it was silly with Mercedes Martinez and they finally then were like, you know what, Kate's right. Let's go out and get Mercedes Martinez. So, um, but I would, I would rather Athena than like a Paige Van Zandt or something like that. Right. No, uh, Athena, Athena, I think will will be there before too long. I think Athena is kind of like, you know, I've been basically on the shelf forever in the other place. I, I, I like going out and wrestling new faces and being able to like, Oh, I don't know. Show up and wrestle uh, Thunder Rosa in a draw that lasts a half hour where we kill each other. Um, you know, maybe she'd like to do that with other people, you know, or maybe do some intergender stuff. There's a lot of intergender stuff that could be going on uh, right now that's really intriguing. Maybe she wants to do some of that before she signs in with AEW. Agreed. Alex, we get to talk about the Zeddy Kingston interview, and it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm on I'm on the TikTok now, okay? I'm like the kids. And I put up a video that was just three things Eddie promos that were in Eddie's promos that I was like, these should be viral sounds on TikTok. That video has 30,000 views. Mm. And one of the things that I put in there was him going, I want this cake when he was in catering. Um, let's talk about peanut butter pie and Eddie Kingston. Chris Raines on pretended just to say, I love Eddie Kingston in caps. I hear you, buddy. He's like my favorite promo in the game right now alongside punk. Eddie's just the best man. Yep. Yeah, he really is. Um, I, I, I mean, he, him and Jericho should be a lot of fun. Um, I feel like they're probably going to prolong this thing and Jericho's going to win the first match by cheating and then we'll get another one down the line. And I'm just trying to, I'm trying to prepare myself for Eddie losing to Chris <laughs> Jericho on Sunday, you know? Uh, but I love this promo. I like, Hey, Hey, Tony, there's, there's a peanut butter pie. There's a peanut butter pie over there in catering with our name on it. What do you say? Uh, and I, I, I love that. I love that he and Tony are going to go eat peanut butter pie together. That sounds like a blast. I would sign up for that any day of the week. So short and sweet. Um, and then we close out with all ego, Ethan page versus Christian cage. Kyle O'Reilly's air guitar is back. Makes me very excited. Chris rain saying that I missed the KOR air guitar. We all did. I think, um, I, I thought this was great. And Ethan page is such a great promo. I loved what he said going into this match. It was just a reminder of why I don't need Dan Lambert representing him in any way, shape, or form. But him pointing out that he and Christian Cage debuted the same night and then boasting this Hall of Fame caliber talent in reference to Christian, he said, no, 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 no. I'm the Hall of Fame caliber talent. I loved that. I thought that was 
gangbusters. He's a great talker. And this was just a really fun way to close that rampage. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I love Ethan Page. He's another one of those guys. I'm like, um, this is a this is a dude who, depending on how you're doing ROH, should be the ROH champion for like six months. Like, like if you're not gonna do anything really substantial with him uh, on AEW, I get it. There's it's a very crowded situation, but he's money. He's such a good talker. He's really, really good in the ring. He's got the right size. He's he's got the right look. Like everything, he's 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 great. Like he's a guy you could build a whole damn company around. Like I, I really like it. And I knew going into this match, he wasn't going to win it. And it was like, yeah. well, it was like, uh, yeah, okay. Um, but he he's also very young, and he's he's gonna get his time in the sun. Um, uh, I just I hope it's one of those things where he's like not forgotten about especially if they've got two shows to run like this is a dude you got to put some effort behind because he will reward you he's really really good and let's not forget that josh alexander is also a free agent and they had an incredible tag team in the north so a lot of fun stuff there also love christian saying before this match that um you know he's like kind of invented the ladder match basically which yeah. i just loved him him calling that back because i thought that was a really that's a really well, important part of his, I think, his story I think for real. In a practical way, that's why you have him in the ladder match. Yes. He's probably going to be laying out all the best spots of the match, whether they're for him or somebody else. There's a reason why you have a guy in there to call a ladder match with seven guys, with six guys in it. By the way, they said this is the sixth and final entrant. No surprise, no swerves going to come out and be number seven unless they break their own rules. Like, we're, this is the six we got. So of these six, one of them's going to win this this thing, as opposed to this. I, I saw people going, "What if it's Swerve? What if it's what if Claudio. it's uh, Claudio? Claudio? Like what? It's none of them. They'll they'll. I believe both of them will debut in AEW very soon, but it's not going to be in this match. Let's not forget how much they love to surprise us the week after pay per view on Dynamite too. That's where Miro showed up. So a lot yeah. of fun things happening here. Ethan Page got his American citizenship, so congratulations to him. Yeah, I don't know why true. I wanted to give up that free health care, but whatever. I'm happy for him if he's happy. But I'm good to see Ethan Page celebrating leaving Canada by fighting a fellow Canadian is an A-plus super chat from uh, Brent Lockman there. A couple more super chats to round this out. You guys have been so supportive to us all night. We really appreciate it. Um, we had a super chat that came in from, hey, what's that over there, saying, Another AEW trio that I would like to see would be Mox, Eddie, and Homicide, or for Mox, Eddie, and Callahan. Uh, I, right now, I'm thinking you you reform Proud and Powerful with Eddie if you're going trios. You reform that LAX combination from before, but I, I don't hate any of that. I think Mox and Danielson are, are going to be starting a stable of their own, though. Uh, we have Dan Janoff saying, hearing Amanda Marth getting mentioned on here after seeing Edge wear their shirt on Raw. Made my metal heart happy, buddy. I, my entire adolescence was metal music. I worked at a metal radio station all through college. It warms my heart too. Amana Marth is amazing in concert. If you haven't seen them, do so. Mark Quill saying to our scarred badass Kate, Alex, and everyone else on our chat tonight, enjoy Revolution Weekend. I bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Uh, we thank Mark Quill for all of his generosity and being so darn nice on Twitter. He's the best. Alex, you know what time it is? What time is it? Other than for Sean to fire us. Yeah. 
Uh, it's jukebox time, baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this effectively like ends the show. But if you're not here on Tuesday nights, what happens is because NXT isn't great, um, we end up doing a wheel of impressions. And by we, I mean, I have one impression and Alex does the rest. And that has now spilled over into tonight because you guys are so generous. Um, he asked if we can get Wilfred Brimley doing the pipe bomb. And because That's you're a, a long chump, one. That's a you're, long one. You're a chump and don't have it memorized. Louise put the I, I have in. it here. It's a long one. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm gonna do part of it and maybe I'll do the rest of it uh, on Tuesday because it's so funny. No, I would I would skip to the um the brass rings part because I think that's the funniest Brimley part, and it's right. so sad that I have it that memorized off All the right. top of my head. All right, here we go. Um I'm going to I'm going to do that one as the second paragraph. Here we go. <clears throat> um, I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me. Nobody else wanted to admit. That's right. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he's split just like I'm splitting. But the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to live with a WWE championship. I've grabbed so many as Vince McMahon's brass rings that it's finally dawned on me. They're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years, I've proved everybody in the world that I'm the best on this microphone in that ring, even on commentary. Nobody can touch me. Well, Maybe diabetes. Diabetes <laughs> diabetes can touch me, but that's about it. Amazingly well done. And no, I did not have it pulled up. I knew that off the top of my head, and that is so sad. Um, Dennis's, or is it Denise's dirty work? I'm not totally sure. Probably Denise's in this Humper Chat saying, no, it's more of a Tuesday thing. But can we have Tony D put out a warning to the person who had the audacity to interporkate? Spoiler alert, it was my 30-pound dog. Um, but Tony D having my back would have been helpful. I'm not gonna lie. Listen, I don't know. I don't know who is. I don't know who needs to hear this. I don't know who you mess with my Kate, and you are taking a trip down to the docks. I'm gonna fit you with a new pair of cement shoes, and you're gonna take a dip in the East River. That's right. You're gonna sleep with the fishes. Anybody who hurts my Kate gets the. Get y'all, you know, you're taking a dirt nap. I'm that's why I'm good. I'm gonna send you down to sleep with the fishes. I'm gonna dredge you back up out of the river, and then I'm gonna bury you so you can take a dirt nap. Nobody messes with my cake. Not even you, Buster. Like I understand it was an accident. Next time you get one. You get one mistake. I know you're sorry. You do this again. And me and you are gonna have words, pal. All right. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate you. Um, I can't do a Joker impression, but someone saying, can we get Kate saying in the Joker voice, you want to know how I got these scars? You can't because I don't even, I can't even do a Joker impression. But I, I appreciate the super chat. I'll just tell you how I got these scars. Dog bit my lid open, lip, lip open last Friday. I had to go to the emergency room and I got stitches and then they came out. Um, I am not a snitch. And so not only snitches get stitches, but also non-snitches get stitches. So I just wanted to make it's, that incredibly it's not, clear. It's not a perfect one-to-one -one ratio. It's not. It's not no. mutually exclusive. Yeah. Mark Losper saying, I'm getting this in for either Tuesday or the next selection of Linda and Sheila doing the Rocks verse. For 
<laughs> we'll save that for another day. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, so we're two hours and ten minutes into this. Yeah. Uh, instead of going match my match through the revolution card, yeah. do you want to just throw out any a surprise returns or debuts that you think are going to happen, or significant storyline items or wins or losses that we might see? Um, I mean, the I think that the what what this is is this is the end of a lot of stories and the beginning of a bunch of other ones, which is what's really interesting to me is um is i think that the kind of thing that we're going to get is mjf is going to be uh involved with wardlow i think wardlow wins the ladder match i think wardlow uh doesn't help mjf in the in the punk match when he's supposed to uh and because of that mjf rescinds his offer of not stealing the title from him uh like you know like it was, it was just a verbal thing it was never put in the contract so i'm taking that from you big man because you were bad and you misbehaved and then we're going to get him firing Wardlow, but then being rehired by Tony Khan. And he's going to duck Wardlow until double or nothing when we get MJF versus Wardlow. That's going to keep MJF busy. Um, Adam Cole is going to be busy with, with Kenny Omega. Kenny in the Bucks versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon is going to be a thing. Um, uh, Keith Lee is going to be taken up with uh, with Team Taz. Like It's going to come down to, like, well, the only person who's left to chat, I think Jericho and Kingston's going to continue. The only person who's going to be left to face Adam Hangman Page Double or Nothing is CM Punk, and we're going to get a really cool respect feud. Like, hey, you know what? I love what I've seen you do. Danielson and Moxley is going to be doing something as well. Sure. That's the the only person who's left is going to be Punk, and he'll be like, "What? Who? Me? I guess, I suppose." And he'll be this thing. Well, he's going to go into the match thinking he respects Hangman and he's going to turn on him in the most public way in the biggest show they do. And it's going to break all of our hearts because we're going to love Hangman by that point. Uh, mostly because Punk is going to tell us how great Hangman is and what a great champion is. He's the future of the business. I, what an honor it is for me to have this match. And then he's going to turn on, on, on Hangman to become and he's gonna, the heel Punk champion, taking us through the whole summer in, in the, into the fall when they do... His first big pay-per-view defense is going to be at All Out in Chicago. And then who knows what you do there, but like the spring is going to be all about, I think, setting up Punk, who me, I suppose I'll take this title shot. I mean, I don't deserve it, but all right. And then he's going to he's gonna completely show him, himself to be the awful, awful heel Punk that we know. Oh, God. He's so good at that. Yep. For the unfortunate puppy mouth hugs, Hope you feel better. Thank you so much, Brent Lockman. A very hard part of this week was how uh, guilty my dog was obviously feeling. It's actually kind of wild how in tune he was. Um, I love that booking. I'm a punk mark, so of course I do, but I, I, I think that's great. A lot of people were saying straight edge kid versus drunk cowboy. I don't even know if you have to go there. I don't mind if you do. Um, but man, just endless possibilities in this company that I think are so fun. I don't know if we get a huge debut. I think if we get a debut, it might be more on the women's side. Mm -hmm. Maybe Swerve. Like, Swerve, I feel like, could get in this TNT mess really early if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, I think you saved Claudio for another time, but I, I do think he's on his way. So, so interesting right now. And with ROH now being under their umbrella, like, just so many. Like, you could see CM Punk go back to ROH. How freaking cool is that? Yeah, like, that'd be fun. And Danielson and um, the Bucks. And of course, like 
so so many possibilities but a, a lot of fun and pro wrestling is a fun thing so um alex yeah tomorrow we're doing the silliest thing in the world and then sunday we're, we're, we're doing the most fun thing in the world yes both things, both things <laughs> so um subscribe to fightful select to get those scoops that are coming out of the weekend thank you so much to the sponsors of the show of course blue Chew and nordvpn um, tomorrow again, we're reviewing Corey and Carmela for some god awful reason. The god awful reason being that you wonderful, awesome, amazing people have uh, <laughs> asked us to do it. So we're gonna do it, and we'll probably talk some ROH and maybe some AEW if our yeah. if our hearts fancy. And we'll be doing it as Linda and Sheila. If you're familiar with the Tuesday Night Show, if you're not, they're just two old biddies talking wrestling and rumors. Um, and then Sunday we'll see you on the post show. So Alex. Where can they find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps. Uh, also, I do stuff on Fightful Select where I review Raw and SmackDown. And then on Tuesdays, it's me and Kate reviewing NXT 2.0, or as I've decided to call it, 2.0 Divas. <laughs> it's more a reality show than it is a wrestling show at this point. And, uh, and yeah, tomorrow night should be a lot of fun because I have a Linda costume now that I'll be wearing. <laughs> Oh my goodness, so much fun. You can find me when I'm not getting mauled by my dog at Miss Kate Fave on Twitter. You can catch me Tuesdays with the guy next to me, as you just said. Always here Friday with Sean Ross Sapp uh, or Alex when Sean is out. Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast and some other fun projects that I have coming up that I'm not going to reveal to you until they're ready because I don't like announcements about announcements. I think they're rude. So follow me on Twitter for all of those. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow behind the paywall and we'll see you Sunday at the Revolution Post Show. Have a good night. Be well. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.